Welcome to the Boston's Big Four podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. And we're back, Boston's Big Four, episode 57, with a very special guest, John Logan. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, you've done a lot. You have, um, first of all, congratulations on the trademark. Uh, impossible is just a word. Thank so, you. Yeah, I mean, that's, I've been seeing that for a while. Um, full disclosure, we're from the same town. We know each other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's been first of all just permeating i mean just it's motivational gets you going and um it's you tied that in with magic and i feel like that's a pretty unique combination um or maybe maybe not unique but a powerful combination um as far as uh bringing uh positive thoughts to people's uh yeah day, so thank you yeah it's, it's been fun i've been using that phrase um for, I don't know, quite a while now, and uh, probably more than like half my life. Um, I was doing you know, a quick, kind of quick background. I was, um, uh, I'm a magician, so the past, I was 12 years old, and I was really bored at my um, aunt's birthday party, and I decided to go into another room and start uh, making a magic tricks, and one thing led to another, and the um, talent agency uh, saw my videos on, uh, on YouTube and had no idea how I was pulling them off, so... Wow. They re- yeah, they reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to be a creative consultant? And I was like, well, what's, what's a creative consultant? And they were like, well, well, we'll pay you to develop magic tricks for David Blaine and David Copperfield and Penn and & Teller and all these cool, famous magicians. Wow. And I was like... And this and, was at 12? Or how? Yeah, yeah and I was wow. like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let me uh, let's finish up my homework, then I'll ask my mom. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I didn't realize you had caught fire that early. That's um, Yeah, I didn't know that either. Wow. So I guess I, sorry to like dial it back a little bit. Um, you said you were practicing just kind of on your own in your room at 12. Um, a question I had, like, are there influences you had that got you to try certain tricks in the first place? Or like, did you have a kit that kind of had instructions that you went off of? Or was, I guess we had internet. So were you on the internet just kind of Googling tricks or I'm just curious, uh, what, what was like the first coin trick? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, I think a little bit of um, everything was, I, I had a kit, um, and I, I had a kit when I was really little, and I think I kind of went through that phase, and um, I kind of faded out, faded in. I feel like every person kind of goes through, like, like, a phase of magic, whether that be, like, an hour, or, like, a day, or a week, or a month, or whatever, and then my phase just, like, never ended. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's, I kind of just, I just kind of went into the room, just kind of like, you know what, let me just entertain myself. Let me just kind of make up some few, few tricks, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'll just, I'll film myself performing. If anyone, if anyone sees a video, great. If, if not, whatever. And they reached out to me and I'm like, holy moly. All right. Maybe like I have some potential here. So they asked me like a few other ideas I had. And, um, you know, they, they, I kind of told them a few ideas and they're like, wow, this is, you know, this, this kitty kind of knows has some cool ideas that you can probably integrate and it really took off this so i was very very lucky at a young age to to be around people who um you know who were in that industry and i was able to observe and understand how the market works and how um that type of industry and service works um because you know it's just it's just not just about performing magic there's a lot of 
uh, behind the scenes stuff that people don't really know about, um, about how to run a brand and how to advertise yourself and, and how to connect with the audience with magic. And, you know, I could talk about hours and hours about that type of stuff, but. So you got uh, a crash course in business through magic. And I mean, that's like. Exactly what it is. Yeah. It's wow. exactly what it is. Yeah. So, and that's, and that's kind of what I do now. So I've been, so I perform magic. But I also do a lot of um, educational keynotes, and this is for you know leadership conferences or corporate retreats or stuff like that. And I've traveled from you know LA to Orlando, from across the world, just doing doing these talks. So I was really fascinated, kind of going back to what you just said, this crash course in business using magic. And as I was kind of getting older, and I realized I was really interested in how to make a vision in your head become a reality. Right. How, how do you think of something, especially magicians, right? Magicians have to say, okay, I need to achieve the impossible. How are we going to do that? Right. So I was really, really intrigued by this, this idea of, um, of making something heavy become reality. So, so rather than performing magic, I actually decided to travel kind of the world and the country for a few years, um, interacting with and living with and studying um, habits that very successful magicians and entrepreneurs and business leaders and CEOs use to think differently, um, to look at something from a different perspective, how to achieve their goals, how to, their decision-making process, um, and things like that. So now that's kind of what my keynote is about now. So not only do I perform magic, you know, you, you know, you can hire me for magic, but also I'm a keynote speaker where I talk about the creativity process, the innovation process, the, the, the decision-making process, but I integrate magic as well, so they learn in a fun way. So it's, it's a little right. corny, but I call it edutainment. So it's like education entertainment. Oh, it's like leads. So, that is so interesting because the last guest we yep. had on leads he, his brand is leads edutainment. Oh, there you yep. go. Yeah, yep, there you go. Very yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah full yeah. circle there. Um, there yeah, and so I, I guess I'm curious. I, I said in the beginning that that's a unique combination, uh, and then I, I retracted it a little bit. Is have you found other keynote speakers use incorporate magic in the way you do or are they more like showmen and you're you're delivering a message uh yeah there are magicians who do that i think um i think we we have our own sort of style and message that we do so i wouldn't say there's not one person out there that does exactly what i do but there are other magicians who who talk about similar things and, and integrate the magic as well and, you know, I think that's kind of, that's kind of the tough part about being um, just an entertainer or a speaker in general, or even a brand in general, right? Like you can, it's very, it's, it's hard to, you know, make, how do you, how are you different than everyone else, right? And it's, you know, if you ask someone, it's like, okay, how do I find my voice or how do I um, stand out? I would guarantee you 95, 95% of people will say, well, just be yourself, right? And I think that's such stupid advice because, like, that's so vague, you know? Right, right. Be myself, right? Like, how do, you, how do you just be yourself, right? Like, when you're trying to find your voice, you don't really don't even know who you are to begin with, right? Right, right. 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 So, so the, the, the more, I think, what I tend to tell people is do more of what you're trying to do. And that's how you're going to figure out your persona, your style, mm -hmm. your personality, because you do it and you actually film yourself doing it and not just on camera on through like a webcam or whatever. Um, I'm not talking about this, but just like if you're a presenter or whatever, you have to film yourself when you're actually in front of the audience, because 
when you're practicing something, I know from experience, you know, I practice something in front of the mirror or whatever, and then when I get out in front of the audience, it's completely different, right? It's a completely different ball game, right? It's a completely different mindset. Um, so, but the more you do it, the more you're gonna realize, oh, okay, like I, oh, I liked how I said this, I liked how I said that, oh, this is actually a good philosophy. And then you, the, the, again, the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you're gonna realize, you're gonna figure out what type of brand you are and how, and how you can actually stand out. Uh, you know, if that makes sense. And I, and I, you know, I think magicians have, especially magicians have that, have that trouble of they'll see a trick and they'll say, Ooh, I like how that performer performed that trick. I'm going to, I'm going to do the same exact way in my show. And they'll do that and they'll get crickets. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So there's a trick uh, that magicians do that they have a notepad and they draw a bowling ball in a notepad. And they'll take the notepad, they'll squeeze the notepad, and a real bowling ball will fall out, right? So yep. it's just a human bowling ball. The, the weird thing is that someone, so once someone did that, a lot of magicians started integrating that into their act. The same jokes, the same script, the same drawing, everything was exactly that. Kind of like hibachi almost. Yeah, right? So, yeah, so some magicians were getting fantastic reactions, and some magicians weren't, right? So this very um, famous magician, my friend named Kayla Drusher, she's very, uh, very successful, She's a female magician. And there's really not a lot of female magicians out there in the industry. It's, a, it's kind of a male-dominated industry. So she said, okay, I like this trick, but how can I make it different? So then she said, okay, well, what makes me different? Huh, well, I am a female magician. There's not a lot of female magicians out there. How can I use that to my advantage? So then rather than drawing a bowling ball, she drew a pair of heels. She drew, so she drew a pair of heels on the notepad. She squeezed a notepad. A real pair of heels falls out, and she and she put on the pair of heels. And she began her show, and it's called Magic and Heels, right? Mm. And that caught the attention of David Copperfield, and you know now they collaborate with each other, right? So kind of the lesson is, you know, just what kind of you have to think about what kind of what makes you different, what makes you unique that other people don't have. And one strategy I tell people is, um, if you're having trouble doing that, think about what you do in your free time. Right. So what do you, so what do you do in your free time when you have nothing to do? What are you naturally drawn to? And it's okay if you think of like, Oh, I like to watch Netflix or like play like video games or watch movies or whatever, or read books, right? No matter what it is, the more you think about it, the more I guarantee you there's some sort of theme of the shows you're watching or the movies you're watching or the books you're reading. And you'll be like, Oh wow, actually I didn't realize that all the things I'm reading and watching, they're all murder mysteries. Huh, why am I attracted to murder mysteries, right? And then how can you, the more you think about it, like, wow, okay, well, why would I be? And then you can have to figure out why, what makes you unique as well, then integrate that into your brand, right? If that makes sense. Um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I know I kind of rambled on there, but, um, but I think that's a lot of it's, it's the trouble that magicians have. Um, I, I had growing up, right? You know, if you looked at my first business card, right, I had, you know, I had like the straight face. I took myself really seriously, right? I, yeah. I, was, I was more like, hey, look what I can do and you can't do. And the yeah. more I perform, the more I realize, oh, wait, I don't, know, I, I don't like that. I don't like that side of me. I don't, I don't want to be known as that type of person. So I've really changed over the years where I make it about the people. I make it about the audience. You know, if I do a trick, um, I act like I'm as surprised as the audience is. Like, I, oh, my God, I, how did the car just change? I have no idea. Like, yeah. yeah. And make it that the audience did the magic. I didn't do anything, right? Um, and that's kind of my type of style. I really poke fun at pop culture. Um, I make it all about the audience, you know. Um, 
and, and that's kind of that's kind of what I what I what I tend to do. I think I try to center my show around my you know my whole theme. You know, is impossible is just a word, and my whole thing is you know if I can achieve the impossible, then why can't you? Right. So if so, kind of my my ending speech that I talk about on my show is that you know if you have a goal in your life that you think is impossible to achieve, it could be a personal goal, professional goal, something on your bucket list. You just witnessed me achieve the impossible for the last 60 minutes, then you'd be contradicting yourself if you think that your goal in life would be impossible to achieve as well, right? So I, I, I really want to make it about the audience. I try to make it, I try to make it really relate back to them. Um, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't like to perform magic that, that the goal is to fool the audience. I don't want them to view it as a puzzle and make them feel like, oh, John's showing off or something like that. Um, I want it to be, we're all kind of in this together and I'm just going to use magic as kind of a guide to make it a little bit more fun, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I feel that, um, just like you mentioned with, uh, how, uh, that woman did it with the heels and, uh, yeah. just how you can adapt certain tricks to, to sort of steer your mind a certain way. Um, you can tell a story through a show with magic and it definitely has, um, like, it could be maybe let's say the same set of tricks for three different shows, but the story was slightly different for each one because you were able to tailor it mm -hmm. a certain way. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's exactly what it is. And I think, you know, I think a lot of um, magicians, even musicians, you know, cover bands, right. Only go so far because they're, 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 they're t the most successful cover bands do covers of, musician of band of other band song but they put their twist on it right but they right. can make it so 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 far right you have to and i think that's what magicians do all the time they, they could see a trick and they could say oh i like how that person does it i'm going to do it in my act as well and it doesn't work as well right um because because you're kind of fixated uh, on that type on, on their performance you don't realize why does it work for them and not work for you you know what why why did they react to them and why didn't i why didn't they react to me hmm well what if, how can I change it so it actually makes it a little bit more natural and fits my own personality? Right. Which magicians would you say you've drawn the most influence from? Um, so there's uh, one magician named Justin Willman. Um, and he has his own show on Netflix. I would highly recommend it. It's called Magic for Humans. Okay. Um, he's actually the host of Cupcake Wars uh, as well, if you know the show Cupcake Wars. Um, okay. And he, I was actually... So he, he's been on the Ellen show. He's been on Fallon. He's like really, 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 you know, high up there. But I actually knew him before he became this big magician. So I was like, I was like 10 years old. And I think he's probably, I, I don't know, maybe he's like 10 years older than me. I don't know. So let's say he was 10 years old. And he, what he was doing, he was just doing, um, you know, birthday, kids' birthday parties and stuff like that. I don't, I've never really done kids' birthday parties. I'm more, more like the adult. Um, yeah magic and stuff like that but he was but i was at a birthday party and he was doing magic and um so i've been kind of following he, we kind of connected back then and then we've been kind of staying in contact ever since then and you i can see the evolution of like his magic over the years mm -hmm. he does a lot of what i do maybe maybe i'm just subconsciously inspired by him and that's the, we have just very similar styles where we don't use a lot of fancy props um, we make fun of like at pop culture. We, we do a lot of or, organic magic, which means that um, there's no special props. There's, everything is borrowed from the audience. Um, we make it about the audience. You know, we, we do a lot of like twist endings where we think you're going one way in this completely different direction. Um, it was, we just make it a little like fun, right? So 
his whole show, if you go to his show, um, you know, his, his stage show, it's, you know, it's about six, it's, actually, I think it's about 90 minutes long, but he only performs like seven tricks, right? Wow. Because, because he's just very entertaining in general. I um, mean, he really tries to connect with the audience, you know, so what, that's what I, try, what I try to do as, as well. I try to make it really just a modern day type of show. Um, I always think about it, you know, if I'm traveling, let's say, you know, to London or whatever, and I have, I have a keynote, I have, my, I have a show there, and I lose all my luggage, all my props, could I still perform, right? Can I go mm -hmm. into a local convenience shop and buy everything I need? And that's how I try to... Um, to do my show. I try to make it so the, the, I try to not use a lot of props in my show. Yeah. And uh, I think from a skeptic's point of view, which you probably are seeing skeptics all the time uh, yeah. as a magician, uh, people are way less likely to doubt you if you're using something that was live, like clearly you didn't bring this and it's not got like a secret compartment or, or something yeah. like, so that's where people are, feel that the trick was more real. They're like, they took this out of my hand and made it reappear in that guy's pocket or something. And you're like, how did that happen? And uh, I, I have to say, I personally have witnessed you, uh, you'd mentioned a, a card changing, uh, just like the surrealism of like, right in front of me i watched you put a card on my knee we flip it it's a jack and you know and it comes back it's a queen and i'm like it hasn't as far as i was aware it didn't leave my knee so i'm like yeah. who how did it become a different card that stuff's mind-blowing <laughs> yeah. well and, and that's the thing like right like what you just said Owen, is, is pretty much saying like now if if i did that same trick right but i rubbed it against my knee mm. would you have the same memory in your mind and i would probably just, mm. i would say no Right. Yeah. It's, because it's a very simple concept of me, of, of me using you as, as the magic you call, I didn't do anything. I just rubbed the card against you. You're a knee and your knee caused the magic to happen. Right. Mm, you have a uh, magic knee Owen. Exactly. Right. And so, that's the thing, you know, and did you find, uh, is that like through trial and error? Was that sort of your own revelation or, um, you mentioned you kind of came up with this guy. He was much older. Um, do you feel that you ever had like a, a formal or informal mentor where you guys like worked off each other's styles? Is that where, how you sort of grew up that style? Uh, yeah, I think it's a little combination of everything. I think, um, I think doing trial and error, um, I realized, you know, like, for, like I have that cards here, right? Now, if I, I'll do a very quick example, right? If I took like the seven of hearts, right? If you can see that okay, right? Yep. And I see the seven of hearts, right? And I go like, and I blow on some jack of spades now, mm. right? Right now, that's a very simple trick, right? Not a very simple trick, mm. but compared to me going up to you, right, and me going like, okay, I'm going to show you a trick now, and I do all these cool fancy moves beforehand, and I say, okay, yeah. now take out any card you want, and I'm going to change into a different card, right? Now, the, now I could do that same exact trick I just do the seven hearts of the jack of spades, right? But if I didn't do, you're gonna you're gonna perceive it as a better trick if I didn't do these fancy moves in the beginning. Why is that? Because if I do these fancy moves in the beginning, you instantly know, okay, he's, he's really good at manipulating cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there's some right. flair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? So yeah. I don't do that, right? And a lot of magicians, and I used to do that because I viewed it as a way of saying, hey, look, like I, I'm, really, I'm a really good magician because I can do all these cool fancy moves. You know, I can do all these cool things or whatever, right? And then I do the trick. And one, it just feels like I'm, I'm bragging and I don't, don't want to feel like I'm bragging. And then two, it actually ruins the trick for other people because they're like, okay, well, we know that he's good at cards, right? So sometimes I'll actually like drop a few cards on purpose to show 
that like it's more impressive if it's a very simplified trick, right? It's very, it's, if I, or if I borrowed your deck of cards. Now, now these cards I have here, these are just blue bicycle playing cards, right? Now, you, you recognize these cards. Everyone has seen these types of cards before. But a lot of magicians, they, they, tr they buy, you know, you can buy these, these, these cards with these cool background or whatever. You know, not these ones, but just like a really cool background. And a lot of magicians will use, these, will use those cards with a, with a cool back, um, back of them and go up to people and start doing all these crazy moves and all this stuff and then do a trick, right? Well, just like you said, it's more impressive if I borrowed those cards. If it's more impressive if I used an object that everyone recognizes, right? Mm. Um, I'm not going to use these cool-looking cool playing cards. I'm going to use cards that people recognize. It's more impressive, right? It's more impressive if I borrowed your cards that everyone recognizes and I changed it, the card on your knee compared to me using these fancy-looking cards and changing it on my knee. It could be the same exact trick, but just because I try to make it more relatable to you and make, you, make it all about you, you perceive it differently, right? Hmm. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of psychology with that, and that's all just trial yeah. and error. And you know, that when I was younger, I thought I was like, I thought I was like amazing doing all these crazy things, and I realized like, wait a minute, like why, why, why is there something off here? And then just learned trial and error to make it to to alter my routine a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's great that you have that insight because obviously you've uh, you've dialed it in to where like you you're giving the viewer or who are your audience. Um, like just that perfect like tunnel vision peek into where you want them to see and you're putting the blinders on everywhere else and it's uh, I've experienced it like I, I, and it, this was a while ago too so I remember just it's it is definitely um, amazing just to be that's able something to, you don't forget too when you see a good magic trick that's something you remember the rest of your life well and, absolutely and the thing right there you just said that yep. right if, if I do a show and let's say I do 60 minutes of magic right now, I don't want, well, again, there's, there's two things. I don't want people to view my show as a, a puzzle. So I try to make it, it's like, it's all, you know, we're all in this together. So when something amazing happens, I, I'm like, oh my God, how did that just happen as well? Right. Right? Um, but also to the point of, if, if I do a 60-minute magic show, let's say I do 10 tricks and that's 60-minute show, that next day, I guarantee you, you'll only remember about 20% of exactly what I did. Yeah. Right. So, so and you'll pro, you'll you'll remember the end result, what made what what the match that magical moment per se. Right. Right. But you're the but what how I got there will be all mushy in your mind, right? It'll yeah. be a fuzzy, right? So so I've realized this over the years that people won't remember the trick itself, but they will remember how they felt. Mm. Right? Now, now, Owen, I guarantee you, you remember that I took a playing card, I rubbed it against your knee and it changed your different card, right? You probably don't remember what card it was, right? Right? Yeah, not you, exactly, yeah. <laughs> now, you don't even know but what, knee I, what knee I did it on, right? Mm. You just remember, wow, he took a card, he rubbed it against my knee and changed with a card, right? It's, yeah. what, it's the feeling you get, right? right. Exactly. It's yeah. just that one moment where, where you realized what happened. And exactly, yeah. yeah. And that, and it's a, so magic is very hard because you may – this happens to me all the time. I develop, a, I develop a trick and I think it's amazing. I go out there, I perform the trick to people. It gets not, no reaction. The people are like, oh, that was cool. I'm like, what, that, that's amazing. What do you mean? Like, oh, that, yeah. I, don't know. I didn't think it was amazing. I'm like, what? Or there could be a time where I could, again, I actually, this actually happened to me, where I, I have a trick. It's a very, very stupid trick. In my opinion, it's a very stupid trick. 
I did it in my show and I reveal how I do it. But over time I realized people thought it was so amazing that I just stopped revealing it. And they were like, oh, that was like one of your best tricks. I'm like, uh, okay, right? Yeah. So it's very hard being a magician because you there's, there's two parts of the, of the trick. There's, there's what the audience perceives and it's what you're, the, the method of what you're doing. And how aligned are they in the sense of, you know, people, are people gonna find what you do? Or, or one, you, one, you have to amaze them, and two, you have to do it in a way where they don't know how you did it, right? And that's, that's a tough boundary if you know the secret of the trick, because then you don't really know how good it is, right? Exactly, so it's, yeah. there's a lot of like psychology that has to do with magic as well that people don't really recognize. People just think, oh, I just go up there and do my tricks and all that stuff. No, it's a lot of trial and error and psychology and, ta- and using this word rather than that word and, and my body movements and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, so um, I have a two-part question here uh, is – uh, so obviously you tightly wound magic and, and public speaking. Did you find public speaking um, to come as naturally as magic or did you feel that uh, performing magic in front of an audience was um, a lot easier than speaking or was it just hand in hand? You were, you were comfortable uh, doing both right away. Uh, magic definitely helped. I think magic, magic definitely helped. Um, uh, I think, um, I, I think I was, probably just naturally drawn to magic um beforehand and then i think as i was doing magic it was helping with my public speaking skills it was helping me connecting with people helping me communicate with people um and then i think that that's what kind of led me into this this public speaker public speaker now um what, what i what i hate when people say is when people use the word motivational speaker or influencer i hate that it's just because, because it's just, I feel like it's very a conceited word. And it's just a very, it's like, again, I used to use it. I used to call myself like a motivational magician. I don't use that word anymore because mm. I feel like it's, it's not up to me to determine if I motivated you or not, right? right. Or the social media influencers, right? Like, well, no, like if you don't influence me, you're not an influencer, right? right. Like you're already proclaiming that it's their title, right? So, so my opinion, it's like, I, I do, I do magic, but I'm also, I kind of consider myself maybe like a leadership keynote speaker with magic. Right. Right. Or because, or maybe, you know, it, it just depends. You know, I, I can't say oh, I'm a motivational speaker. It's just like, it's just a weird thing to say. Like, cause what if like no one's motivated to do anything, then I'm not a motivational speaker. Right. So right. I like the audience kind of determine what, what they like to call me. Um, kind of go back to your original question, you know, the communication. So I think that's just, I think magic has helped me because magic is all about communicating with people. Um, magic is all about connecting with people in the best way possible. Um, and, and, and I've just learned, I've had a lot of life lessons with that, with magic and connecting with people that way. Um, I think, I think a lot of magicians, a lot of magicians are very, very, very talented, um, sleight of hand wise. So you, if you watch a, like a YouTube video, you, you have these incredible magicians that are performing to the camera, um, just their hands and it's, you know, it's, it's amazing. But when you put them out, if you have them perform that same trick in front of an audience, it's a completely different ballgame, right? It's completely, completely different. So I try to tell people that are just trying to get into magic, perform in front of a live audience as much as possible, as much as possible, and film yourself performing because then you can kind of go back and figure out, oh, okay, you know, I like my, I like what I did here, I like what I did there, okay, oh, oh wow, that's interesting. Why didn't they react there? I thought they were going to react. Um, 
and that's then, similar style to how uh, comedians work through uh, sets as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, so I have one. So whenever I give a keynote talk, whenever I have a show, I have one camera on me and then one camera on the audience, right? So then I can go back and say, okay, is the audience reacting when I want them to react? Are they laughing when I want them to laugh? You know, are they bored? You know, why are are they trying to? Is are they having trouble seeing something that I can't see? The spotlight's on me up on stage, and and then I'll go back. And what I'll do, I'll watch, I'll watch myself. So first off, I'll watch myself perform the whole, the whole video. And then I will watch myself on mute. And I'll just look at my uh, nonverbal communication. Am I swaying too much? Is, is my hand, you know, am I doing too many hand gestures? You know, my back turned towards the audience. You know, it, when, when I, you know, do I act excited when I'm up there? And then I'll go back. And I'll just, I'll, I'll put the blank screen up on, up on the screen and I'll just listen to myself. Am I saying the right words? Can I, can, you know, am I stuttering? Um, am I saying this correctly? And I'll just listen to myself because by doing that, you can study your verbal and your nonverbal communication separately. Right. And then you watch it as a full and say, okay, now does everything actually match up? Am I, you know, when I, when I'm saying I'm really excited about something, some a topic, am I actually acting that way? Or am I, Am I using, like, for instance, I just had a keynote, um, where was I, uh, in, oh, in, in um, San Diego. So I just came back from San Diego, did a keynote, and I watched myself perform, and I realized that I used the word right a lot. So mm-hmm. after, I, after I say a sentence or say a thought, I realized that I was like, wait a minute, I'm saying the word right uh, or okay. Or something yep. like it's a it's a thing that we all do and we don't realize yeah. until yep. we review ourselves watching it. You know, some people say um, some people say but. Uh, I um, think yeah, I think Owen and I can both attest to that watching the podcast. We and, do you know, say this. We're like oh, noticing this is- noticing certain things that we say too much and yeah. Because your podcast, you can you can see it as well, right. listening to it, and you can really kind of you know, compare and contrast, which I which I think is great. And that's a, I think that's so important that a lot of people. Um, uh, don't do, and I'm glad that you guys are doing it. You go back and rewatch yourself and analyze yourself. I'm constantly analyzing myself and what I'm doing. How I'm going to go go back and watch this podcast and listen to this podcast and say, okay, did I say this right? Did I yeah. not do this right? What can I improve upon? Stuff like that. And you, while you're doing, it, you're constantly improving, constantly improving. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's um. It's never finished. That's that's the kind of the the motto. Yeah. So going back to your uh, original, I think you know, magic has definitely helped me with my communication skills because. Magic is, is about communicating with people and connecting with people. Right. Uh, so actually, my my next part of this question was, uh, you had worked with this company uh, and you developed tricks for them. Um, and so do you walk through this psychological process? Like, because you're, I assume this is for someone else to perform. You said these are tricks that maybe like a higher, uh, like David Copperfield would like get this trick, like, or I don't know how they... I don't know how the industry works in that sense. Like, do you buy the rights to a trick and then that's yours for the, for the show and stuff. Um, so do you have to write down that process, like where you want the audience to be, or, or is that something you in person have to sort of sell this trick and then pass it off and hope someone can kind of keep it alive themselves? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good question. Um, so the way the magic industry works uh, is, um, well, this is just one aspect of it. A, mag- a magician, let's say I want to, actually, I'm, I'm probably going to do this today, ironically. Um, uh, I, f- I film myself performing a trick, right, to an audience member or to on camera, right? 
And then if someone wants to learn how to do that, they will buy the truck from me and I would send them a video of how I perform it or a, a book or something like that. Right. Okay. So that's, so that, that's one way, one way it works. Um, it is, it is tough because it's that blurry line of saying, if you develop a trick, you never published it publicly anywhere. And then someone else goes out there and performs your trick. Well, there's no evidence that you were the first one to create it. Right. Yeah. And that's a really blurry line that magicians struggle with all the time of giving who gets the rights and who gets the credit for something. Right. And again, it could be something that if you, and again, it is tough because magicians don't want to, don't want to put their whole act up online because that would defeat the whole purpose of the show. So then if, so then if another magician wants to create a trick and publish it and wants to credit someone, what's well, very hard to, for them to, to find another person doing the trick if no one's up, if it's not up there, right? So, so I think, I think the, the best way to, to approach it is to give as much credit as possible when you are um, teaching someone else a trick, right? So if I was gonna develop a trick, I'd be like, and then, then you buy it from me. I would say, okay, I, I was inspired by this person after watching this video, and then I, then I adapted this because of this and just give as much credit as possible. And you should be good to go if you do your research and get, you know, get some credit. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is a tough industry doing that. So I think I have some motorcycles driving by me. Um, uh, it, it is, it is a tough industry because you have to really determine, you know, if are you the first creator and things like that. But, but when you do quote unquote buy a trick from me and I do teach you a trick, I would, I would say this is, this is the method of how the trick works, and then here's the presentation of why it's effective, right? There's two different things between a method and a presentation, right? The method is saying maybe like the mechanics behind the trick itself, maybe the sleight of hand moves, right? And then the presentation is saying that pretty much the scripting of it and how you're actually communicating it to the audience, right? And I, would, and I, and I always believe, I'm a very strong believer, that the most powerful, most successful magicians are really good at presentation, right? I can perform one trick to you and you could have another magician perform the same exact trick to you, but if we present it differently, you could do the trick completely differently. You could say this, this is, he's better than this, that was better than that one, right? Just based off the presentation, right? Based on the storyline I give you and stuff like that, right? Um, so, so it is, you know, so when I do try to teach a trick, I try to give the psychological subtleties of why it works and what wording you have to use because the method and the presentation are completely two different things, but they both rely on each other as well. Yeah. So like being, a, being that we're a, uh, we cover sports, obviously I need to ask you about this before Owen told me about you. I'd never heard of any professional sports team having a team magician. <laughs> so how did that come about? How did, how did the Patriots reach out to you? How'd that happen? Yeah, so what ended up happening, so I, um, I graduated from college, and I was just, you know, looking for a job like anyone else would, and I, uh, I saw a position open for the Patriots, it was for the digital content associate position. Okay. So I applied to be it, and, you know, they brought me in, they interviewed me, it was kind of helping with, um, you know, taking pictures of the, of the players, interviewing them, helping with the website, kind of like digital content stuff. Um, so then they realized that I was on my resume. I, I said I was a magician. So they realized I was a magician. 
So then, that, so then I went in you know, the second time, they pretty much offered me the job. I said, yeah, no, you know, for not the magician part, but the digital content part. Right. And then they were like, you know what? You know, we were thinking, we think it'd be really cool content. Do you want, do you want to have your own show with the players? Uh, and, you know, in addition to your digital content job. And I said, yeah, no, sure. If that's, if you yeah. have help, yeah, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, so they called it magic moments. And so every week I would go down to the studio and I would form, uh, with the player, I would form a trick to the player and they would take that video and they blast it on the social media and TV and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was actually a lot harder than what people, um, think it thought it was. So if you watch any of the videos, yep. um, some, in my opinion, some videos are better than others because some of those tricks were the first time I was actually performing those tricks live. Oh, wow. Cool. So, so going, oh, and go back to your whole communication thing. I go back to those videos and some of them, some are like, oh my, I'm like, oh my God, like, wait, why? I should have done this instead of this. And I, I'm a really big uh, critic of myself. Mm. But I have to also kind of be a little softer on myself because I'm like, well, that was the first time I ever performed that trick to that to, to, to those players. Right. Three different reasons why. Um, one is I wanted the tricks to be things that people have never seen before, which means I had to develop brand new material. Right. I didn't have to, but I wanted to. So I, I wanted to develop the material or the trick um, to be about the player. So I wanted the audience, the people at home, learning about the player, but through the magic. So for instance, I did, you know, when Chris Long used to be on the team, yep. um, he had a nonprofit um, uh, called Water Boys who would give water to, um, you know, to people in, uh, in, in other countries, clean water. So I created the whole trick around, around his nonprofit, right? Uh, Patrick Chung is actually originally from Jamaica. So, yeah. I, so I developed a, a trick around Jamaican-themed songs, right? So as the viewer is watching the trick, they're actually learning about the player as well through my magic. So that was one reason why um, that was, I, I developed brand new material because I wanted to be centered around the player. Two, yeah. I didn't want people to Google the trick, right? And be like, oh, you know, how does right, that right. Like, you know, if they've never seen it before, right? Um, three, it was very hard because um, with magic, you can, if I show you a trick on camera, you can rewind it and try to figure it out, right? Yep. Um, so I had to develop tricks where people couldn't rewind it and try to and figure it out, okay. um, which, which is actually very hard if you think about it. Um, imagine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that people can't rewatch the video and slow motion like oh this, that's what he did it there right like yeah it's hard to develop tricks that are like that um and another reason it was pretty hard is because some because i all those reasons combined sometimes i didn't even know who the player was going to be until the day beforehand oh wow so imagine trying to develop a trick with all those factors i just told you yeah and trying to do all that in like staying up to like three o'clock in the morning trying to develop a routine based off, the, based off those factors, right? Yeah. And again, I don't know if it's a good trick or not because I've never done it before. Right. So, yeah. um, so I'm thinking, let's do these tricks to these, to these big NFL players doing tricks I've never done before. I don't even know if they're good tricks or not because I, I want to create brand new material. So yeah, that's a lot of pressure. Be, it's a lot of, yeah. They, they could be like, wow, that was, well, that, 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 that was it, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. crazy, right? And I don't know. Right. Um, so it was really fun to, to do to, it was really fun, a lot of pressure to actually do that as well. 
and I, and I did learn a lot about my performance style as well, going back and watching those videos. Yeah. Oh, wow. And why did I do that there? I should have done this there. And, and I really, I had, I had those videos as a way to really revamp my act and revamp my personality and say, Oh, okay. Well, actually I like this, but wait, what did I, I should have done that there and did this again, because some of the tricks I was just, I literally, literally was creating the night beforehand. <laughs> right? right. Um, but but it, it was fun. So then, kind of the, the media uh, kind of gave me the nickname, the, the team magician. You know, after yeah. I did that, and uh, part of my other job was when the digital content job. I would go in the locker room and you know interview the players, you know, and take pictures as the media is interviewing them, stuff like that. So because I had my own show with them, the players knew me when I would go in the locker room because they they knew they're like, oh, you just literally just perform magic, you know, whatever, right? right? So I started to get to know the players on a, on a personal basis and. And the um, day I, you, uh, sorry to interrupt, but you, yeah. you uh, got to know some of these guys before you did tricks for them, right? So then is that the case? So some of them would be sort of anticipating your trick that they'd, you'd be doing for them? Yeah, some of them were. Yeah, so, so some of them knew me before I was, before they would come to the studio and I would do tricks for them. And some of them didn't know who I was until I performed acting for them, right? So, okay. so, it's, like, so it's kind of both. So they could know me either way, but... And were they aware that these were original tricks every time or did they think you were just pulling from an infinite bag? Just curious how you were presenting it like in that case. Um, so I, I don't know. That's a very good question. I, I don't know. Um, uh, I, tr I was trying to make it themed around them. So they probably knew I was a magician and probably, and I don't, I don't know what they, I don't know what their thought process was. If they knew that these were brand new tricks or they, or they weren't. Another funny thing is that, these big macho football players, you know, they're great guys, but and I learned this, that magic works better with more people. So in other words, if I did one trick to someone and there was 10 people around them, they're all going to react, right? Because right. magic is, if, if you're not the audience member, most likely people are reacting based off of your reaction. Mm -hmm. right so so it's a big domino effect if i do a trick to someone and they'd be like wait what their friend next to them is like oh my god whatever then they're gonna laugh at that and it's a big domino effect right but when i'm doing this to one person in a studio setting and all the cameras are on them it can seem very awkward for them right yeah you could be like well okay like wow that was cool should i react or not react right so so over time i realized like the people who were doing the cameras, I was like, I was like, keep rolling. Just keep, tell, tell them that's the end of it, but just keep rolling. Because a lot of times they would react like you see in the videos. And then right when they knew the cameras were off, they'd be like, okay, no, holy shit. How, how the, how the, after you just do that? Like seriously, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's when their true persona will come up when they know that they're not on camera. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cause there is some pressure on, on them too, because I'm sure they're kind of thinking like, I want to look like I knew how that trick happened or something. And exactly, they yeah. are trying to like process everything. And then they can't, they think cameras are off. And that's like you were saying, that's where the organic comes out. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. that's the thing. So it was really cool. It was a really cool thing. I got to perform to Brady uh, in the locker room. Yeah. How was that? How, how was, how did Tom receive the, uh, the magic trick? It was cool. It was really cool. You know, it was, yeah. uh, I just did a, um, it was, I didn't do anything you know, crazy. I just I just did a simple routine that someone would be like, oh, show me a trick. I, you know, I, just, I just did yeah, it. Yeah. He, re he, was, he was like, oh, man, I, I was, you really liked him. He was like, yeah, keep up the good work. And I said, you too, Tom. You keep up the good work. <laughs> you too. Yeah, you too. You're doing great. <laughs> yeah, you're doing great. No, but he, he really liked it. So nice. uh, it was good. It was, um, 
was that was that especially nerve wracking doing it for him? Um, you know, I th I think no matter, I think you could be doing magic. You could be it depends what whatever you're doing in life. You could be yeah. for um, fifty years. You know, it could be magic. It could be acting. It could be playing a musician, right? any type of performance art, you're going to be nervous, right? Yeah. No matter what you're doing and no matter right. how long you've been doing it, right? There's always that little, you can have the, as much confidence in the world. But there's still going to be that one ounce of, of nervousness, right? Right. And I've just been performing for, for so long that it just, it was, I performed to other celebrities beforehand. Yeah. Um, it was kind of just a, just a natural thing for me. Um, yeah. Performing to him, but he was, was there, it was him, uh, Ligaria Blunt. Yeah. Um, Jacoby Brissett, when he was on the team, he loved the magic. He was really? Trying, he was trying to figure it out all the time. You know? <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, and then Malcolm Mitchell and I became pretty close. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so he actually – so he goes on tour all the time promoting youth literacy. Yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I remember reading about him when he was with the Patriots and yeah, so the I actually things he did. Yeah, so I actually him now. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. So him and I became pretty close. So wherever he does an appearance, I, I do I go as well, and I do the magic, and then he did, you know he does whatever he does as well. Wow. So we, we've been tag teaming um, for a while, but that's how we got connected. Um, yeah. He came on um, on one of the episodes. I made one of his playing cards. I ended up in a in a in a in a chip bag in a Doritos bag. Yeah. So he thought that was awesome. So then he so then he connected with me, and uh, yeah, it was it was full. It was cool. So that's that that's is awesome. I took off. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. And um, is he, uh, I think there's some, you also, you mentioned charity work uh, with those players. Uh, have you been done any hands-on work? Cause I think I've seen something on your website uh, where you were, you were somewhere on site with players doing charity work. Am I correct in thinking that or am I just, well, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So Malcolm Mitchell and I, he does a lot of charity work. So I do a lot oh, of this was it. Okay. charity work with him as well, but I, I've, I've done stuff. Um, you know, for other, so sometimes whenever they have, whenever they have like a charity or organization, you know, they'll, um, they'll reach out to me and I'll do some magic for them. Yeah. 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 But no, yeah. So I, so I don't, so that was it. I forget how long, no, that's maybe two years ago I did that. Um, so, but I still stay in contact with them and stuff like that. Um, but I realized just working through them that, um, my real passion was this, this creativity, um, developing new tricks and developing, you know, um, building, you know, trying to develop a new routine to connect with people and the whole creativity process. Um, so it, it was really fun just kind of doing, just doing all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That is pretty fun. And I, I imagine you quickly like developing your relationship with those players. Like I, you must've been a little starstruck in the beginning or maybe not, but uh, I feel like as you come closer to them, that's uh, that's where like you, we're able to really develop that relationship and obviously you ran with it. That's awesome. And that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like once you get to get to know these players, you realize that like, they're just a normal person. Right. Yeah. Football. And that's all it is. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's what it is. You know, the more I just talk to them, I just more, I realize, you know, they have a family, they have no struggles that they're going through as well. Um, it just, they're just one of us, but they're just really good at football. You know, that, that's right. the only difference, you know, um, and that's what it is when you just talk to celebrities and you perform with celebrities or hang out with them. That's where you realize like, Oh wow. Like you're just like everyone else, you know, but you're, you're just really good at whatever skill you're, you're good at, you know? Um, and then and that's, that's what you realize. And that, and then magic is a great way to kind of break that ice too, to make it, um, to make everyone just kind of 
feel more together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, to, like to me, like when I perform magic, like to me, I don't think that the trick I do is the magic itself. I think what's more magical is everyone that I'm, I'm performing to with all their different backgrounds and, and, um, and life experiences and struggles and ethnicities and all this stuff coming together to enjoy a common moment in life. Right. To me, that's the magic. That's right? what I love. That's what I love about sports and a lot of things, honestly, exactly. just in, anything that brings people together. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I've always believed that, you know, magic isn't about fooling, trick or, trick, fooling people or tricking people. I, to me, magic is simply anything in life that you thought was impossible become impossible. Right. And that's anything in life. Right. So let's say like you're like a college student who like just took an exam, right? And you're like, oh my God, I bombed that, right? There's no way. It'd be impossible if I, if I pass that, right? And you get it back and you get like a B, that's magic right there, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and these types of things happen with every single day. It just depends on how, how, um, you know, how, how much we can recognize that these little magic miracles have, happen every day. You know, if we, and if we can start appreciating it more, I think, you know, the world would be a you know, a much better place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I think the power of sports, the power of magic, the power of all these different events that are going on, they yeah. bring people together that really want to communicate otherwise if it yep. wasn't for the event. And to me, to me, that process is the magic itself. I'm not doing the magic. You are performing the magic. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so actually, so speaking of uh, achieving the impossible, um, it, I was I'm surprised I haven't mentioned this yet. Um, you have a book, um, and it, the book is called is is it called Impossible is Just a Word or it's uh, so it's not so it's not so it's not titled that. Ironically, it's not because uh, I probably should have called title of that because I use okay. it so much. Uh, but it was but it's called the Perfect Illusion oh, uh, right, Life. Right. So so um, essentially, it's it's twenty uh, twenty chapters, and within those twenty chapters. Uh, it's divided into two. So each chapter is divided into two parts. Um, one is taking um, a life, uh, kind of a life lesson, you know, how to find your passion in life, you know, either, you know, or maybe it's about growing up or something like that. Maybe looking at it from a different angle that really isn't um, what people really typically look at. And then the other half of the chapter is you get to learn a trick. Um, so it's, so it's pretty cool. So you're reading the book, like kind of learning different, things about life and how to look at things from a little different perspective. But you also kind of learn how to be a magician as well um, by learning these tricks too. Yeah. So, so that's, that's one book. And then the other book I, I wrote is more for um, business leader that I think I talked about, talked about beforehand where I did a lot of studying about decision-making and innovation and creativity. And that's more about that, more about these, you know, um, these case studies or these habits um, that these successful people use to look at things differently and how to apply it to your own personal life. So that's, so that one is more mainly about like educational value where the first one is mainly about, you know, these tricks that, you know, some tricks are harder than others, but it's more like get to learn a lot of more magical magic based. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About uh, how long awesome. did it take you to write those books? Yeah. So the, the first book, um, prob- probably five years for each of them. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so it's some you had in the works for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the first the first one was more magic related. Um, I was trying to de- t- trying to debate. You know, should I have it more magic related or more um, 
more like per perspective related. Yeah. And I felt like people, so I've learned over the years, people are naturally drawn to entertainment over education, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, like if I 100%, said, okay, yeah. right, like it's just, just over the years, I realized that, you know, if I said, okay, you have a whole day to yourself, you can do whatever you want. I guarantee you people are going to like watch Netflix or YouTube, right? Like, like whenever we relax, like we're just, our brains are naturally drawn to entertainment, yep. um, not, not education. Um, so I realized that the best way to promote the book is if you're learning about magic, magic, meaning the entertainment part, right? Yep. Um, so, so I tried to, so I was trying to integrate, I said, okay, I want to develop 20, I want to teach 20 tricks. Um, but I also know that the people that are going to buy my book aren't going to be magicians. Mm. So they're going to be people who either know nothing about magic or they want to, they want to just learn a few tricks or maybe they're kind of intermediate magician. They know a few tricks. They want to learn a little, a little bit, a little bit more, but I knew that professional, like David Copperfield, right? They're not getting, he's not going to buy my book. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I realized, okay, that's my target audience. So I put tricks in there that, you know, some are really easy to do, but some of them are a little bit harder to do. So then depending on what skill level you're at, you can get a little bit of what you want out of that, you know, out of, out of the book. Yeah. And when, with the second book is really main, mainly about innovation, creativity, entrepreneurship. And those are mainly for maybe like CEOs or entrepreneurs or companies that are trying to build their brand, um, but right. in, in a unique way as well. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, so you hundred percent authored, uh, both of those books and you written the first one, I believe in high school, right? Did it, did that publish wow. in high school also or? Yeah. So I, yeah, good memory. So I was actually, I would go to school, uh, early every day, like an hour early and I was sitting in the library and I would just, I would, I would write the book before school every day. And wow. oh my God. yeah, I actually dedicated the book to my parents. Um, and they didn't know I was writing a book. Um, so wow. I gave the public version to them for Christmas one year. Um, it, it was pretty cool. Cause they, they were like, wait a minute. I thought school started at six o'clock. And I'm like, no, I just, you know, cause I, I was telling them I was leaving school. Getting oh to school. my God. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> so it was great. But it that was, is awesome. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool. So, um, but yeah, so I would go, I, I wrote that, I wrote the first book, um, kind of the transition from high school to college. Um, kind of the life lessons I've learned as being a magician and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, so going back now, I probably reading it now, I probably changed a few things here and there, you know, just because, you know, my philosophy may have changed or maybe I'll catch a few spelling errors or something like that. But, um, but you know, the gist of it, you get to, you get to still learn 20 trucks. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, incredible feat. And I guess uh, just to circle back, I had mentioned just like impossible is just a word writing a book in high school. Um, I remember here, like just, hearing about that at the time thinking like who who's written a book like in high school that's pretty crazy that's that's yeah. awesome oh thanks yeah yeah that's uh I mean, that takes that takes a lot of discipline for a high school kid <laughs> for sure yeah, it really yeah. does yeah 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 no it was good I, I had one draft and then i you know in high school and then i then i worked on a little bit in college as well kind of taking what i learned in college and applying to it because um and, and i had a lot of people proofread it as well because, because I knew that no one would buy a, a, a book that a high schooler wrote. Um, yeah. Because people are like, well, what does he know about life? Right, yeah, right. High school, right? Um, so it, that was a tough thing to, um, uh, to sell. So I realized, well, okay, if I, if I include these magic tricks in there that any age level can learn, 
that would give them an excuse like, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'll buy the book, right? Because mm -hmm. I get to learn magic tricks. So again, it goes back to business, right? Essentially, who's your target audience and how do you, how do you really advertise towards them in a, in a, in a, in a way, right? Um, so I knew the product was the book, but I realized, okay, well, what are this people aren't going to buy because I'm in high school or I'm, I'm in college. So what is, how, what, how could I get customers? Okay, well, I can draw them to the match, match component, right? Um, so yeah, so, um, so that, that's the thing. I think the teaching the tricks definitely has helped people. I, if I, have, I have like a beard now and I look so much older now compared to the, compared to the cover of the book. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. I mean, hey, we all, we all grow. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. I probably if I read it again, I'd be like, "Oh, why did I say that?" But you know, some people, yeah, I probably still have. But you know, it's, yeah. Again, you have to learn twenty tricks. I think I think people walk away some, with some sort of uh, value. Yeah. Right. Did you ever have any uh, encounters with Bill Belichick? I just had to ask. Yeah. So he, um, I've never talked to him personally, but we've we've walked by each other a bunch of times. Okay. Very this like heads down, just like yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I hope you guys did one of those like head nods. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think we, we probably had. I think I was the yeah. time we walked in and we kind of just give each other like a little head nod. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, Maybe a fist bump, a quick high five, butt slap. That's like the best thing that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, making him smile would be the ultimate magic trick. You know? No, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He only smiles when he wins Super Bowls. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he even makes it a Super Bowl, and he loses. Yeah. No. That's the only time I've seen him smile. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll see how we'll see how well uh, Brady does in Tampa Bay. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it won't be as magical, but it's. Uh, it's <laughs> it right. won't be as magical. I know. I, I heard they don't have a team magician, so. Yeah, maybe I'll give him a call. <laughs> Please, no, stay here. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always say it was, it was a year that they came back twenty-eight to three when yeah. I was, when I was a magician. So my whole thing is, you know, it's like, you know, when they were down twenty-eight to three, all these experts were saying it'd be impossible for them to come back and win and be a, it'd be amazing. They need some sort of magic. You know, you're welcome. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you so, go, dude. That is awesome. Wow, you're responsible <laughs> for the comeback. It's a great storyline. That was the same year that I did it. So, yeah. No, that's yeah. awesome, actually. Yeah, oh, actually wow. We actually should montage, make some clip montage of that. Is it yeah. already? That would be great. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it was pretty funny. You know, it was, everyone was like, oh, my God, it was a team magician. The one year they had the team magician, like, they kicked back. <laughs> magic. That was funny. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What else we got? Um, so, actually, sorry, what was the uh, title of your second book? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's magic behind success. Magic behind success. Yeah, I, I didn't, I haven't advertised it as much, but that's what my keynote is mainly about. Uh, when I do these leadership keynotes, it's it's based around that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's um, that's good stuff. Yeah, folks, check them out. The perfect illusion, life, and the magic behind success. Sorry, did I just forget that? No, that's it. That's and those cool. those books are available. On know, Amazon? Uh, so I would probably suggest going to, going to my website and doing it. Um, okay, so yeah. JohnDukeLogan.com. Yeah. John you know, yeah, or ImpossibleIsJustAWord.com. You know, okay. They go right to my website. You know, I, awesome. I, I, Straight from the source. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right from those. Because then I can sign it too. Because Amazon has like an, an inventory and stuff. 
Yeah. I can like, you know, if I have, but I also have a bunch of inventory. So once I get the notification that you bought one, I can sign and I can say yeah. as well. You know what I mean? So yeah, even better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, um, I think we're coming up on an hour. I don't know. Are there any other topics uh, we were trying to get to? I think we hit everything. Is there I think we hit everything. Is there anything in particular you wanted to shout out, John? Uh, well, I think so. Whatever, I'm, whatever you want to talk about, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Any, any questions you have for me? Um, I guess, which, which, so yeah, real, real quick, a couple things I wanted to ask. Uh, which player was most interested in the Magic when you were on? I was going to ask the same thing. Was it Brissett, Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby, so it's funny. So when you, this, this is happens whenever I perform with people, everyone reacts differently, right? So there's, yeah. you're not going to react the same compared to someone else, right? So, and you, you have the, the range of the scale of, of how you react, right? Where Jacoby was very like, I would do something to him. He was like, he would be like, do it again, do it again. Like he was trying <laughs> to figure it out, right? Yeah, yeah. He never did, but it was, he was very focused, like yeah. trying to figure it out, right? So like whenever whenever I would go in the locker room, you'd be like, all right, show me something, show me something. I need to figure it out. Like, and that, that's so cool. He, he was really intrigued that way. Um, Devin McCourty really liked it, but he reacted. Devin McCourty reacted differently, where he would actually like run around the like, oh my god, like run around the locker room and like scream. <laughs> but it, so it's completely two different scales, you know. So everyone everyone knew I did magic, um, but they all react a little bit differently and yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. How did Legarrette Blunt react? He liked it. Yeah, he liked it a lot too. He was kind of in that middle ground where he wanted to figure it out, but he was like, "What?" Like he, he was trying to figure yeah. it out. But he was still real excited too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he he really liked it too. So again, everyone, everyone reacts a little bit differently. Right. Um, and you know that's the thing. So again, everyone reacts differently. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So actually, I I did I prematurely was like we're coming up on the hour, but um, do, I was curious. Do you, uh, what is what are your next uh next goals? Like, what is your next step as far as um like your uh, whether it's keynote speaking or or just the the career in general? Like, do you see where do you see yourself going right now? Yeah. So right now it's <laughs> it's kind of tough to do any events. Okay? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Coronavirus oh right, right. Yep. we haven't even addressed that yet. yeah we haven't even <laughs> yeah, talked I'm... about how how the quarantine life is going for you uh, yeah so um so it, it's it's really interesting because um uh because i've been a lot of magicians right now are adapting or kind of panicking i mean like yeah. oh, I do events, and they're actually moving their shows to, to be virtual like on, like so like for instance like i'd actually be doing a show to you guys right now right, right? Um, so which, which I, I can do, but I, I like having that one-on-one connection. Yeah. I like, I like being in the room. I like feeding off people's energy. I like, right. Again, oh, it's like, it's like me rubbing a card against your knee, right? Like it doesn't, to me personally, just doesn't get that same, same like wow effect. Yeah. Cause people are all in the same room. Right. Yeah. And people always have the out of saying like, oh, uh, like there's always movie magic, you know, like you could have done something with the video or like yeah. there's exactly. always that yeah. chance. Um, and yeah. people can record it and then rewind it back when it's live. Like it happened and, and you can't go back unless you yeah. had recorded. That's a great it. point. Yeah. So, so some magicians have been adapting their shows to be virtual, uh, which nothing wrong with that. Just, I just feel like my show is more powerful when it is in the same room as everyone, as everyone else. Yeah. Um, 
so what I've been doing lately uh, is really focusing because a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of behind the scenes that magicians have. Um, I think I touched upon this, you know, a little bit earlier where being a magician isn't just going up there for 60 minutes and performing a show, right? There's a lot of scripting and transitions from one trick to another and how to make this trick actually relate to the audience. And, and that's just the show itself, right? But then there's also the more the business side of your website, right? Your demo reel, um, how to, you know, social media content, right? So it's just not a magician going up there doing, doing a whole show. There's a lot of behind the scenes that, that I was doing. So I'm using this, this time where I, I haven't, you know, I don't have a lot of my shows got be, a lot of my shows got rebooked for the fall. So I'm using this time just to, bam, I just, I just did my demo reel, um, my new, my new demo reel, like a few, a few weeks ago. So I'm demo reel up, my, up on my website. Um, I've, I've been doing a lot of more blog posting, um, you know, kind of doing like my finances, right. Um, right. kind of planning out my social media calendar. So I think a lot of magicians now are really jumping to, oh my God, I, I don't have any shows booked. Okay, I have to move my shows online, which is, which is fine, which is, which is okay. I'm doing it as a way of, okay, let me get all the other things done. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of gives you an opportunity to focus on things that you didn't have time to focus on before. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, then, so then when people, again, this is with anything in life, especially, well, especially in the entertainment industry, people aren't going to spend... If, if you're an event organizer, you're going, if you're going to spend money on someone, you're going to want to find out as much, much about them to see if it's worth it. Right. right. So they're going to Google you. Right. Yep. Um, and see, okay, you know, what does he have online or what's going on? You know, how, what's going on. Right. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make it build that, build that presence so they can see all my blog posts. They can see the videos um, you know, I'm going back through old content that I, that I captured years ago and repurposing it. Um, and so I'm just really utilizing my time to, to do stuff like that. You know, more of the kind of the, the business side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to your original question, you know, what am I doing uh, right now? I think that's well, what's next for me. Uh, I'm doing that right now. I actually work for a video production company in Boston called new view media. And we edit a lot of videos as well. Um, for different brands we do a lot of advertising for them um so just kind of doing more of that type of stuff you know i, I love doing what i what i what i do um I, I love performing magic but i also like helping people kind of build their brand and different unique advertising techniques and you know, you know different things like that and you know kind of you know uh you know one thing you know when that technique that i talk about in my keynote is how to develop new ideas you know if, if i said the word magician to you most likely you think of a bunny in a hat Right, you know, very stereotypical. That's what that's what people think about, right? So I always I call that the opposite object concept, right? Um, if you think about someone hundreds of years ago was sitting down, they had their pet bunny and they had their hat, and they said, "Well, what if I could show my hat empty, do some weird magical gesture, and pull out a pet bunny?" Right? Mm -hmm. um, so I said, you know, how can you integrate that opposite object concept into your business as well? So if I you know, let's say I want you to think of um, a new product that has to do with a clock a clock and a, um, and a bracelet, right? Two things that have nothing to do with each other, a clock and a bracelet, but if you mm -hmm. merge them together, it's a watch. Yeah. Right. Um, or another thing you could do is, you know, changing one word to an existing thing that you do. So, you know, there's a trick I do in my show where I'll have someone take out a card, um, 
they'll put it back in the, they'll sign the card, they'll put it back in the middle of the deck. I'll take the deck, I'll throw it at a cup on stage, and their card will land inside the cup, right? Yeah. So if you condense that, it's card to cup. Let's just change one word, word. Rather than card to cup, let's say we do card to wall. Okay, so I take the cards out of the wall, they get stuck to the, their card gets stuck to the wall. Okay, that's a good trick. Well, rather than card to wall, why don't we do card in wall? Okay, so their card gets stuck inside the wall. Huh. Okay, rather than card in wall, why don't we do phone in wall? So what if I took your phone and it disappeared and all of a sudden it's inside the wall, right? So we went to card to cup to phone and wall, right? Yeah. By changing one word, right? Mm. So Oh, look, this is like the manatee episode of South Park when they were making fun of Family Guy almost. <laughs> Oh, really? you know what I mean, yeah, they have like they just push like different word balls like into like three slots, and it's like this is like the joke. Like they make it like those are like oh, the. Oh, I'll have to check that out. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like I like I tell people like you know is there something out there already like you know if I if right Instagram right Instagram's business model is unlimited photo time mm-hmm. right. Well, if you change one word rather than unlimited photo time, you have limited photo time. That's mm-hmm. Snapchat. Right, right, right. Okay. So like, that is really interesting. You could actually do like a great, um, like uh, that. This could be a really good like visual, uh, just a quick video where like you'd put those words up and then show yeah. like, and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, because you're you're. I'm like seeing it as you're explaining it to me. Maybe yeah. it is better as like with a person explaining it because you paint the picture like as yeah. you're uh, saying it. Yeah, yeah. So that so that's actually one part I talk about in my keynote. Is is that is that concept? Is that opposite object concept? I mean, uh, well, they have opposite object, but then we have that change one word concept, right? So now, like you know, can you can you something you guys do now? Can you change one word and com- can, can be completely different, right? And I don't know anything off the top of my head, you know, according to to, to the podcast here, but, you know, just different ways that you can just think about how to utilize what you currently have to make it to, to make it something completely different. Um, but, you know, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is awesome. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, it's fun. I get, I get to integrate the magic while also integrating, you know, the, the techniques I just told you. So you kind of see the power. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you had mentioned earlier, uh, I believe this was off camera, that the uh, that you, you're a videographer. Um, do you ever use the power of video, um, like, to – to like or like i'd mentioned before the magic of the movies to enhance a trick where it may appear more magical than than it would have live like so you can do some extra stuff it's it's funny so if you it's so i personally don't so if i'm going to film anything um and then film a trick and then um either with an audience or without an audience i try not to use cuts because people can assume that Mm. Um, but if you watch TV, if you watch magic on TV, um, be very skeptical of watching magic on TV because they can do that type of stuff, right? Right. It's not the same, right? Um, so they can, they can cut some stuff. They can put some pieces together where the trick looks absolutely incredible, but in reality, it's really simple trick, right? So magic isn't really, magic isn't really good for TV, basically. So it's, it's, it's a tough balance because yeah. A lot of magicians want to have magic on TV. Yeah. It's also that thing. It's like, well, you can, you have a lot of more resources for, for TV magic because you can cut. You can do things. Right. You know what I mean? How um, credible is Chris Angel? 
Uh oh. So he so some of the I would say I think he um he does both. So he is a, he is a good magician. Okay. Uh, he does because clearly he he's very successful in, in what he does. Um, but I think he also does take advantage of the TV magics too. So he, again, yeah. it's like he he's good at both, you know. So it, you know, really what. With David Blaine, David Blaine become became popular, kind of using that um, change one word concept actually. So David Blaine, he changed the game for magic. Um, a lot of the magic before him on TV was focused on the magician. Um, what he ended up doing is focusing on the audience members and the reaction. Um, so if you look at the kind of technique I just I just told you the the, the change one word concept, if we took that, you know. Focus on magician. This is be focused on audience, right? The same concept, right? So if you if you if you watch his TV specials compared to other TV specials, he a lot of what he does. I do a lot of stuff in, in my show as well, but but he focuses on the audience's reaction, right? And by doing that, it's actually very similar to game shows um, because when you see the reaction you feel like that you're there with them, right? And again, like what I said beforehand, people, most likely if you're in a group of people, people are reacting to other people's reactions. They're not reacting, they are reacting to the trick, but it's a combination of the, what they just saw, how they perceive the trick, combined with the people that they're with and their reactions, right? right. Yeah, because it sort of confirms you're like, did I just think, like, is that what I thought I saw? Okay, everyone is amazed by it. So, yes, right. that is what happened, yeah. So, so, a lot of what he does on his, like, his first TV special, he became really well-known for his magic on TV because the camera was on the audience's reaction. So, that naturally drew us in as an audience member is saying, wow, like, oh, my God, this is really, like, you're laughing as a, as a reaction, right? The same thing with, with game shows. Game shows, the most successful game shows, if you think about, Family Feud or, uh, or Jeopardy, right? They're, our brains are naturally drawn to those types of shows because we feel like that when they ask the question on TV, our brain is already thinking what we were going to say, right? Yeah. Our brain is like, oh, well, this could be an answer. Well, this could be an answer. We feel like we're, we're part of the show as well. Even though we're not there, we feel like we're still part of the show, right? And that's what I think that's what David Blaine did very successfully is he made it feel like the viewers were part of the show as well, even though they weren't there. Yeah. So again, there's a lot of psychology behind that. It's just talking yeah. about tricks. It's a lot of different psychological subtleties to integrate to compared to one, you know, trick, you know, two magicians can perform the same exact trick, but one magician can be really more successful compared to the other one because of these little psychological subtleties that they integrate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. It's, all, it's all about the way you deliver it and the way you, you interact with, with people. Basically. Exactly. It's yep. all about presentation. That's what it right. is. All about presentation. You know, you can have, you have a very, very simple trick. Um, and if you present it in a very, in a, in a, in a, an effective way, it can be very, very successful. And yeah. Miracle, even though the method itself is very, very simple. Right. right. And that's the tough part. You can get a very simple method, but then how do you create that presentation to make the trick look incredible even though the method is very simple right is that um, the hardest part you would say i would say that i would definitely say that's the hardest part um kind of saying you know um you know did i talk about the top down and bottom up strategies 
Uh, no, I don't no. think so. Nope. Uh, so there's two different ways. This could be applied to anything in life, but this, so, so we have this top down strategy of saying, okay, here's, here's the ultimate vision of what I want to achieve. Right. And then you work backwards. So let's say in a magician's case, I want to saw someone in half. Okay. That's, that's the vision. That's what I want to happen. Now, how do we work backwards to make that happen? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's say in your case, you want to run a marathon, right? That's the ultimate goal. And then you work back backwards. Like, okay, I have to wake up every day early. I have to run a few 5K road races. I have to go to the gym, right? You work backwards. Or you can do this bottom-up technique. We're saying, okay, what's, what are our team's strengths, weaknesses? What does the data tell us? What's our knowledge? What's the tools, the resources in front of us? How do we combine everything together to make something amazing, right? So, so it depends what way you want to think. Um, so in terms of magician, it's like, okay, I know all these sleight-of-hand moves. I, I know, um, you know, I have this resource. Um, I'm, I know I'm good at this. I know I'm not that good at this. Okay, how would I put all these pieces together to create something really, really amazing? Or you can say, okay, I know I want to achieve this. Okay, now how can I achieve that? I know that's what I, that's going to be the end result. Now, how can yeah. I achieve that? So again, again, that can be applied to anything in life. Um, but that's how my brain thinks in terms of developing magic. So, so once you, once you figure out the so essentially, it's like you have the effect, which is what the audience sees. Yeah. You have the method, the technical aspect of it, of how you how it actually is accomplished. And then you have the presentation aspect of it, of your the essentially the communication of how you're presenting it, which I also which I always believe this is the most important part of how do you how you actually connecting with your audience. Yeah. Because that because that can make or break everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of similar to like, I mean, with music, like it's, a, it's all about how you connect with the audience and the, you know, it's exactly. more so than just your talent on stage. It's, it's more how you're getting the audience involved. I think with a lot of forms of entertainment, that's probably the case. And that's the thing. I've been listening to this um, band called AJR lately. Yeah. Oh, I, I know them actually. Yeah. I know a couple songs by them. They're so good. They're Yeah. I remember I was, I was on a run one, one day. Oh, and it was actually at the cross-country field, the cross-country course at the high school. And it was, this like last year. And I put them like, oh, I know a few songs. I'll just listen to their album. And I would, I'm a huge Beatles guy. I, I am yeah. a the Beatles. I think they're the greatest band of all time. Yeah. I personally believe that ADR's writing is better than the Beatles. Wow. The okay. way that they use puns and the way they, they connect with the audience, they connect with the listener. Mm -hmm. And I stopped as I was running and I just literally sat down and I was listening to every single song. I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. It just give me wow. chills. And I, so I follow them on Twitter and they're, they're, they're absolutely amazing. But, but they tweeted the other day and I thought it was very clever. They said the most successful songwriters um, are do two things. They make it relatable yeah. and they make it original. Yeah. And a lot of songwriters or a lot of artists in general, they can be really good at one right. or the other, but very rarely are is a band good at both. Right. Right. And I think that's what it comes down to. How can you make it original and relatable? Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's how people that's how people become really successful is is, is checking those two things off. Um, so yeah, cause you can be really, you can be really, really creative. You can be really, really, um, original and innovative, but if no one can, can connect to it, right. Useless or the other end, you can really connect with people, but when, what, but what makes you different? Right. right. 
so you have to really be you know have have those two things in common yeah 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 those are definitely definitely key components yeah yeah so this is the same thing with magic you know how do you make it relatable but also original enough where people will, will remember you but make right. it relatable that they you know they feel it's it's personal yeah, yeah. right yeah, and even uh, like a certain rewatchability, or in music's case, re-listenability, like uh, something you can go back and see the subtleties of like, oh, that's why they mentioned this lyric first, and now we came into this next part of the song, and like you could even see that in a magic act, magic act, like, oh, he had you go over there, so now we could like, even though that's not necessarily exposing the trick, but you can see where you were directing people so that like such and such could happen. Um, so there is definitely like a, an orchestration that I think oh, makes totally it. Is. Yeah. And then that's the tough part about filming magic and posting your magic online or act online because again, people can go back and rewind it and be like, oh, okay, that's why he said that. Okay, that's why he's going to say, oh, okay, this has to do with the method, right? So, so it's it's tough because you have to do it, the the most tough the toughest thing in one toughest thing in magic is making everything look natural, mm. um, and that's a very very tough thing to do. If I'm doing some sort of sleight of hand move, how do I make it so the person doesn't think I'm actually doing a sleight of hand move, right? And the most successful magicians have to have to be that way. If you if I do something clunky with my hand. They're like, okay, he just did something there. Yeah. Right? No, mm. he did something, right? How do you make it so you 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 make it you know you make it relatable or you you make you it natural, right? And that's yeah. why magic is so successful. That's why the most successful magicians make things look natural, right? And doing you're doing extraordinary things with ordinary objects, right? And that that's mm. the, that's the best part about magic. But again, that's the again it goes back you know to what you just said, Owen. It's like how do you if I want someone to stand over here compared to staying over there? well, why, what's the reason I'm giving them to stand over there, right? And mm. if I need them to stand over there, now we need to think of a reason why it's natural for, for them to stand over there, right over here, so the audience doesn't think that I want them to stand over there. Mm. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? So it's a lot of, lot of psychology that has to yeah. be magic. And most successful magicians um, you know, understand that. You know, they have to understand that to make their, make their show look natural. Mm. Um, so people are like, oh my God, like, you know, there could be something that the guy did, but the audience doesn't think that that's part of the trick. Yeah. Because right? mm. yeah. people like to feel that they have some control over the situation. So if you're Absolutely. just like, give me your left hand, hold your finger out, like do this, stand there one leg. And like, now they're like, okay, he's setting something up. Like, yeah, I don't right. know what's going on. And <laughs> yeah. then, uh, but if they feel like, oh, well, I'm just going to stand here and wait for you to do your thing, hands in my pocket. And then all of a sudden, like they pull out a bowling ball out of their pocket. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, the, the more like you perform that, I think that again, it goes back to the, the more you want to master something, the more you just have to do it. Right. Like, like a, a beginner wasn't a, or a master wasn't a master in the first day they tried something. Right. right. It's like they're mastered because of trial, constantly trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. And like, you know, it's like, if I want, if I need my, if I have an audience that's surrounding me, and I can't have the person on my left-hand side see what I'm about to do, then how do I make him, you know, how do I make it so, like, if their hands are burnt, if their eyes are burnt in my hands, maybe I'll be like, oh, and what was your name again? As I'm turning, I'm doing that sort of, that sleight of hand move, yeah, right? Making it look natural. Now, no one even knew I did the move, but I needed some sort of cover to cover the move, right? Are you familiar with the show Sneaky Pete at all? 
Do you know the I show? I watched a few episodes of it. I liked. I just. I kind of faded over it, but I did like it. I watched like the first few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I mean, that one's like movie magic. Obviously, you can't like do all the stuff they're doing, but it's just like sleight of hand, like taking watches off people, like slipping stuff in people's jackets and stuff. It's it. It's pretty, and it, it's a lot of things like that where he'll turn and be like, "Oh, uh, what was the name of that waiter?" Like you know, and then they're like not realizing what he was doing, and it's like. Fancy, it, it's, I mean, that's like more criminal, but it is uh, interesting. Are, yeah, that's what pickpocketers, there's, there's so many, yeah. there's, the reasons pickpocketers are so, are so successful is because, is because they make things look natural, right? And that, that's the whole thing. It's like, that you have to make everything just look natural. And that's what it, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. So and, basically, magic is way more than just learning tricks and executing them. It's like a that's, lot, there's a lot of psychology behind yeah. it in terms of the words you say, how your body is, how your body's interacting, yeah. um, how you have the audience, even even the layout of the audience. Do you want them in the semicircle? Do you want them to have stadium seating, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, are you gonna have are you gonna turn to the left or turn to your right, right? Why do I have the my table on the right instead of instead of the left, you know? There's a lot of psychology that, in the audience's point of view, would it would go way over the head. They would they wouldn't think right. of it. But why the why? You know, even it could be so simple as, as people are coming in, saying taking their seats for your show. What type of music are you playing? Right. Mm. That even sets the mood for the show. Right. If you're playing classic classic music in Mozart, right, and all of a sudden you get up on stage. And you're more of a street performer that's doing more like hip hop magic. That's gonna throw their whole mind off. Like, wait, you know right, what I mean? Right. So even it can be as simple as the music you're playing. You know, the advertisements that you know that you're showing, the font that you're using for your advertisements. Right. It's all these little things that really add up to how people see you. And that's just not even in magic. That's just 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 in life in general. But you, but I think magicians are really good at understanding psychology and perception. And again, that's what that's what my keynotes are about. How do you take the principles that ma that magicians use and apply them into a real life setting, right? Mm, right. And so you mentioned like if you had conflicting music like at the beginning of a show, um, is that like the intended result? Like, do you want to throw people off before the show, or is that something like you might want to? Uh, I guess so. This kind of leads me into another thing where if you had like, uh, if the audience was so curious, like. Um, well, let me, let me just fin finish the first thought of uh, just the music. Like if you had, it, would you maybe want the audience to be frazzled at the beginning of the show? And I guess that all depends on how you want to put your show on. So like if yeah, there's. So, yeah, it depends, you know, if, if, but again, like if you are, if you are a magician who is doing a show at a very fancy um, gala and a very suit and tie, right. And you're very, you're very um, um, like, um, and just like very like suit and tie professional type. yeah buttoned up yeah that very makes sense down, right very formal in the way you approach things you're not going to have m&m playing in the background as people are walking into the show right you're going to yeah. probably have some classical mozart music right uh where my style is my style is very modern um i, I make fun of pop culture i make fun of myself i i feel like i want all the audience to just have like a good time like like I, it's a, it's a very just modern, laid back. Everyone's having a good time. We're all in this together type of type of, type yeah. of vibe. So I I play, like I play um, 
like tropical remixes, mm. like Taigo, that type of music, right? Um, because that's just kind of, that fits my personality, that fits my show theme, right? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe songs that, pe- that everyone recognizes, maybe a little twist to them, right? Um, and that's just, that's, just, that's just my style, right? Maybe I'll throw in some like, some like New Orleans jazz, kind of like some like, kind of good feel type of songs, right? Mm. Uh, that's what my whole show is about. It's kind of good, this good vibe, good vibe feel to it. Um, you know, making people you know, laughing and whatever. And I want people to leave my show being like, wow, that's pretty good. I feel like refreshed. Like it's kind of like it's not like like you working out and after you work out, you're like, okay, I feel like I feel good. You know, like that type of mm. mindset. I, I like when people leave my show with that type of mindset as well. Say, yeah. wow, I feel that was a good like that was a good like refresh, you know, like a like a reset button, you know. And I, and I think playing these type of good vibe type of songs, you know, it, that's it's the tone. People walking in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely but, gives those good vibrations. Um, so. Yeah. Feel uh, feel free to say no comment, but I was curious. I feel like I have to ask. <laughs> um, how have you ever had an audience member that wasn't a magician like figure out a trick like while you were there? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but I so there are a lot of lines I used. I think a lot of magicians, and I was this when I was younger. Um, I I would make it about myself, right? So this is the, the philosophy of making the magic about the magician, right? Which I, which I, which isn't the right, in my opinion, isn't the right way to approach it, but this is how a lot of magicians think, is saying, I'm going to do a trick and I'm going to try to fool you and all this type of stuff. And if you have that mindset and then someone does figure out your trick, you instantly go into this defensive mode and saying, oh, no, that's not how I did it. Like, oh, okay, let me show you something else, right? And you instantly want to up them, right? You want to up, so, so, uh, what you're saying is, is there's two different ways. You can have someone that figured it out or you can have what's called a heckler, right? It's saying, oh, I don't want that card. I want you a different card. Well, let me shuffle up the deck, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Right? Um, so what I've learned over the years, I used to be that type of magician when you say, uh, okay, well, let me, let me do another one. Let me, I'm going to one-up you and see, you know, I'm, we're, gonna, we're competing for this kind of superior figure in the room, right? Yeah. And um, throughout the years, I realized that many people don't actually like magicians because because they can come off as I know something you don't know and I feel superior, hmm. right? Um, so I've changed my mentality over the years and making it we're all in this together, right? So if someone says, oh, oh, oh I know how you did that, I may be like, oh, I don't know, all right, no, okay, well, don't tell anyone, you know, uh, you know, we're, okay, or something maybe like, um, like, oh, I know how you did that. It's like, oh, I know how I did it too, but you no, know, we'll, we'll keep it between us two, okay? Yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, Saying that now they're on your side. They feel like cool. I'm with a magician now. Like, right, you got right, a secret right. Secret with someone. Yeah, that's right. Important. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I, yeah, me and the magician know something. You guys and that know. is that is unique. <laughs> I feel like a lot of magicians definitely don't do that because I I have kind of felt that way. That magicians they they just have these secrets, you know, that no nobody else knows what they're doing, but they all know. They all understand. Exactly. And like, yeah. even if like, oh, I know how to do that trick. They're like, oh, oh, cool. You did, okay, I'll teach you some more uh, afterwards, right? Yeah. Great. So now it, it, you instantly, you're, now they're on your side. You're like, and you guys are on the same team now, per se. Yeah. Right? You're, not trying, you're not trying to compete against them. You're, 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 you put it in their mind that, wow, wow, I just figured I'm really smart. I just figured out the magician's trick. Right. Cool, boost their ego a little bit. Yeah, so you kind of boost their ego, right? 
Yeah. Well, that's a little, that's just a little thing I've realized over the years. Again, I used to be that type of magician where I'd be like, like, oh no, that's not how I did it. Okay. No, no. Right. Like, yeah. But now I view it more as a learning lesson and say, okay, well maybe, and again, they, I've had people be like, oh, I know how you did that. Right. And, and they could be way off. Right. Like that's no way that's not how, that's not how yeah, I yeah. But I want them to feel like, oh yeah, okay, well don't tell anyone, okay, okay, well, we'll yeah, yeah, <laughs> our little secret, right? Um, and but I also use that as a learning lesson, right? Because magicians can be very defensive in a way. They can be like, okay, well, um, I, I view it as a way of if they think that that's how the trick is done, mm-hmm. then that's how the trick is done. Let me let me expand on that, right? So if a if a person is wa- is is watching my show and they say, oh okay that's okay I, I think I know how I did that right, their way of thinking could be way off, yeah. but in their mind that that's how I did it. So I have to perform in a different way where that's not what they think, right? Hmm. I mean, it's, a, it's it's kind of it's kind of a weird process to think about, but like if they're so convinced that's how the trick is done. And you can say, no, that's not how I did it. No, that's not, that's not how I did the trick. That's not, that's not how I did it. It's very hard for them to be like, no, like that's how you, they're, they're convinced that that's how it's done. Right. So you have to perform in a way where. Like it, it proves they're wrong almost. Yeah, yeah. It proves they're wrong, but in a way where um, if, if the audience member thinks that's how it's done, then in their perspective, that, that's how it's, that's how it's done. Right. Yeah. Even though it's way off. Right. It's, it's a little bit hard to explain, but you have to, you have to develop a routine where people wouldn't think that way. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 Like, so it even seals up the, like, yeah, even though that may not be how the trick was performed, I see what you're saying now. I think I had, I wasn't fully understanding. Yeah, but now, like, yeah. like their reality is their reality. Like their beliefs is their reality. Right. So it's like, okay, now we have to think of a way where, where that's not, where that's, that's, even though that's not how I did the trick, their method is not the real method. Yeah. I don't want them to think that's the method. To eliminate that possibility anyways. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That yeah. makes it's sense. It's a little bit hard to, hard to explain. Um, so it, like if I took a deck of cards, I said, okay, take out any card you want, right? And you look at it and I said, okay, I made a prediction, the three of diamonds, right? And then I put the deck away. Someone in the yards could be like, okay, well, they're all three of diamonds. The whole yeah. deck's three of diamonds, right? Even though they're not. But their mind it is, and because they think it is, then it is, right? So Mm. now I have to say, okay, oh, oh, the whole deck with three diamonds. Okay, okay, well, now I have to show the whole deck's all different now, right? Because if one person thinks that, then someone else may think that as well. And then even though that's not the real method, the whole audience is thinking that's a method, then it's not even, I'm not impressing them at all, even though that's not the real method, right? Yeah, and I imagine sometimes, um, like you said, simplicity it, it, like making the sim- simple things look complex. Maybe sometimes it is as simple as that, but you've done, had some other diversion to where you've buttoned it up where where that isn't where they were thinking about it. And it's like, oh yeah, that whole deck was three diamonds, but you weren't thinking about the deck. You were thinking about the parrot he had hanging over there. Like, so it's just like- <laughs> you that's, that's a great way. So actually what you just said, I actually do that in my keynote. So what I do is I have someone take out a card and I haven't put it back. I haven't put it back. I haven't put it back. And I said, okay, watch the deck. One, two, three. If I snap, your card travels up my up my sleeve, down my pants, and now your card's in my shoe. The first time, what's the name of your card? Three of diamonds. I take off my shoe with the three of diamonds in my shoe, right? People go crazy. 
and I say, now let me explain how I did that, right? Say so step number one, you go to amazon.com. Step number two, you type in playing cards. <laughs> step number three, you order 53 decks of cards, okay? Step number four, when the decks come to you, you take out all the three diamonds and you form a brand new deck of cards, right? And they're all three <laughs> diamonds, right? Right. So, so it's, a, it's, a funny, it's a funny gag, right? But it's essentially saying, I, I proved to them and say, look, we make a lot of assumptions in our lives, right? We make a lot of assumptions that you assumed the cards were all different, right? Uh, there's another presentation you say, you know, I, you know let's go through what just happened. I, I took a deck of cards out. I showed you all the cards were different. You took out a card. The card ended up in my shoe, right? Those are all, those are all facts, right? And they say, yeah, they're all facts. I say, raise your hand if you believe that was all true, that everyone raised their hand. And I say, say no. Well, one day I showed that they were all different. And then I showed that they're all three diamonds, right? So it's, we make assumptions in our, in our minds all the time. So I, what I try to do in my show, I try to kind of play around with those, with those assumptions a little bit. I try to have fun with it as well. So it's, like a, it's kind of like a, like a learning opportunity as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it is a, a brain exercise to get people thinking like, hey, question stuff a little bit, you know? So yeah, that yeah is, absolutely. Um, uh, so actually, uh, as far as like, because you mentioned competing with the audience um, in terms of like who can trick who or like who really understands it. Uh, do you find like the the magic community is like uh are people like um i guess it is the competition high like do people share jokes is there a backdoor community where you just discuss how you do your tricks or and is there are there styles that are more accepted or do people think like that's hack and this is good or I, i'm I just curious how that community everything is. You said is everything you just said is true okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything you said there's there's a there's a really big magic uh community um some you know some magicians have higher egos you know than others um i learned that growing up i, I believe that like when i was growing up when i first started again in magic magic can really like mess with your head uh, yeah. as a magician because you you're performing and people are saying oh my god you're so amazing you're so good whatever all this stuff it it can get you can get a pretty big ego doing that um, when you're constantly getting having people tell you you're so amazing at something right, right. and I think growing up that's what I, I unfortunately I learned that I did have a really big ego growing up and I am you know I, I try to stay away from that now that I just learned through experience but a lot of magicians haven't learned through experience and they still think that they they are the best person in the world and they are, they do know everything mm. and they do and they'll compete with different magicians and, and stuff like that where, you know, I, you know, again, some magicians are more respectful than others or can be better mentors than others or some magician to be like, no, I'm not going to tell you how I did that. You have to figure out yourself. Like I, like I figured it out where, you know, so again, some people, again, but that's, I guess in, in, in any industry, some, some people have bigger egos than others. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, as long as long as you're respectful to other magicians, um, you know, and you give credit to other magicians if you're going to, um, you know, teach teach a trick or something like that. If you're inspired by them, um, you know, just just give as much credit as possible. You know, it's it's kind of something. It's like some of the tricks I've even developed over the years. But you know, some magicians have been doing a lot longer than me. It takes them years and years and years and years years to develop a routine. Um, with all the psychological components I told you about to build all the props and stuff like that. And then when someone else just goes out there and just um, kind of steals it per se and, and just does it, 
um, that can really, you know, cause a lot of friction um, in within the magic industry. Um, so again, I, I try to, I try to collaborate with, with a lot of magicians and try to get some different, I try to share my ideas, I share their ideas, um, and stuff like that. And as long as you're respectful, I think again, just anything like as long as you're respectful to other people and I really, really value them, you know, it's, I think, I think it's okay. But yeah, the, the magic community is pretty big. Um, it can get pretty ugly at sometimes if people believe that they created a trick or something first before the other mm -hmm. person. And, yep you're not getting credit and it's, getting, it's going viral or something like that. Um, I so, imagine in that case, it would go to like whoever had the earliest video document of it, right? Yeah. Like if they yeah, can that's exactly that right. Yeah. As long as you can document it, that you did create it. However, there, there does come a time where if you do perform something and you document it, even though you documented it um, and someone developed a very similar idea, um and they and they sell the idea even though you created it you know it's, it's tough to it's that it's that blurry line right like right now because a lot of technology is happening a lot of a lot of magicians are trying to use tricks that relate to the culture and relate to technology and social media and stuff like that so a lot of times magicians will develop two magicians on completely different sides of the world who has never talked to each other may develop the same exact trick around mm -hmm. the same exact time, right? Um, but it's tough to, you know, and then and they start performing their shows and then someone else saw them like, wait a minute, I just saw this person perform the same trick, right? And most magicians would then talk, those two magicians would talk to each other and say, you know, well, here, what was your history? Have you seen my, have you seen my show before? And kind of talk it out. Um, and then maybe put like a, like a statement out saying, you know, I know, again, this happens actually a lot. It's saying, you know, we, we realize that Bob and I have created the same very similar tricks, but it's very inspired by this type of person. So as long as you credit them and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, yeah, it's very tough. You know, a lot of, a lot of magicians will patent a lot of stuff too. If, I, if it's like a certain prop, uh, something like that. Um, you know, like I trademarked impossible is just a word. So, um, so no one in the world now can use that phrase as a title of a keynote or a magic show or like t-shirts or stuff or something like that. Um, so if someone did end up, if I did some, see someone using it, I could potentially, I could sue them. Um, I wouldn't take that. I would just show them, Hey, like, listen, like I have this trademark Because the, the way that trademarks work is that as long as it's not causing, conf as long as it's not in the same industry and causing confusion, then it's fine. So for instance, a restaurant could open up and have their name be impossible is just a word, right? I can't sue them because they're a completely different industry and people wouldn't get my services and their services confused. Right. Mm. Right. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the top, the top part. So, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the, where the legal stuff comes in, in terms of names and patents, stuff like that, you know, is it, is it the same industry? And then two, would it cause confusion for, for your target audience yeah okay uh, so actually i want to you had mentioned that some magicians might uh mutually try to credit like this is an influence that we both had for this type of trick um on our uh we just recently had a podcast with uh, a musician flawless real talk he mentioned that he doesn't listen to a lot of mainstream music because he tries not to get that unintentional influence yeah. Uh, so do you find like, are there any magicians out there that will say like, like 
how they'll mention like you got to figure this trick out on your own uh maybe like they do maybe i guess purists think like you just have to come up with every trick on your own and never see anyone else do a trick like you just have to make them up totally yeah. on your own yeah no I, I think um i think uh there are people who have you know both both beliefs um i think as long as you are not copying word for word script for script the other magician's thing if you can be inspired by them I think that's one thing like a lot of um things i see i see like a lot of um like a, like a lot a lot of tricks i see online i say oh wow that was a unique way of how he performed that um that's going to inspire me to develop something that relates back to to what makes me special i can't say the exact word for word for script because i'd be copying it but it does inspire me to get new ideas especially the structure of of their show too like um like i just saw a video the other day where a magician would be like um like okay you know he would say like okay you know a lot of magicians on tv kind of going back to what we just said a few minutes ago a lot of magicians on tv will do use a lot of cuts and stuff like that so i'm so what we're going to do i'm going to just we're going to green screen this so i'm going to hold up a card and uh and all of a sudden just just pretend it's changing and just go crazy and we're going to piece it together. Right. Yeah. So, so we'll do that and they'll do another one. And then the last time will actually be a real trick. Right. But so the audience reaction is like really genuine. Right. So that, that fake tricks, one fake trick two, real trick three, but going in that flow, I like, I'm like, well, oh, that's a really interesting concept how they develop that where the audience thinks that it's another fake trick per se, but it's a real trick. And they're like, wait, wait a minute. Like, you know, I catch them off guard. Yeah. Um, so I, so I, I like that. I like that formula. So there's a lot of other things that you can be inspired by the magicians. But again, you have to be careful not to copy, copy their act, you know, word for word. And I do know there's some magicians out there that do that and they do kind of get in trouble you know, in the long run. Cause some magicians are like, Hey, listen, you know, I, it took me 10 years to develop that act, you know, and I just copying it. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some give, I think, there when it comes to like parallel thinking versus did you just straight up rip it off? Exactly, so. yeah. And, that, and that, I think that's with anything, you know, even with, with music, you know, it's, I think we're all subconsciously inspired some way. Absolutely, or absolutely. Everyone, even the greats, draw influence from, from other people. Exactly, yeah. And it's like, as long as you're not, like, you have to just be inspired by them and take, take what you like about them and then how do you adapt it to what. Right and then merge them together right um and then that's what i always say you know a lot of this whole debate of you know is can you just be born creative right or is, is can creativity be taught um i do think there's a combination of both but yeah. I think the 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 more creative you can be if you want to be really creative surround yourself with creative people absolutely yep that's the, that's the thing like i think i think some people are as naturally creative but surround yourself with people that are going to push you to that next level it's like right. you know with tom brady right think about it he's very competitive he was always very competitive growing up in the old pick 199 all this type of stuff right mm -hmm. but then i think what made him so successful was because he was put in the patriot mindset where mm -hmm. bill belichick one doesn't is a very structured hard-ass type of guy he was a good right. Do 
So right. therefore, it actually motivated Brady yeah. to try to prove to himself even more. Like, right. well, wow, I just threw for 500 yards and you're, my coach didn't tell me good job. You know what? Right. Yeah. You did 600 yards then, right? Yeah. So, so it, it's and, and Brady was already super self-motivated, so that just added to it. And if he, had, if he had been in a different situation where he wasn't pushed like he was in New England, it could have all that talent and drive could have gone to waste. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it's like you want to figure figure out. I don't like to say strengths and weaknesses, um, but I, I feel like that's a very because um, uh, I think I think you can become better at anything you do. I like to say um, passions and um, not really um, not no passion. That's a weird word to say. But what do you what do you kind of what are you really passionate about doing? Mm. Surround yourself with people that you're not really passionate about doing it. I guess in this case, it'll be weaknesses. So you can learn from them, right? Mm. So then you can better build yourself um, as, a, as an all-around person, right? Like, you know, even with the Beatles, I always go back to the Beatles because I sort of love them, you know, but John Lennon was, was a very scattered brain type of person. He had mm. a very hard time focusing, but he was very good with, um, with like sad lyrics and really expressing his emotion where Paul McCartney was very organized in the way he did things. And he knew how to take a concept and make it marketable to the public. Right. So combine them together. They're the greatest band of all time. Right. right. <laughs> because, because they both balanced each other out. Paul could take John's music and have it more organized and structured. And John could take Paul's music and say, well, what if you add this weird spontaneity to it, this weird thing mm -hmm. to it. And Paul, you know, so it balances himself out. Right. So that, that's, I try to surround myself with people that um, I try to figure out what am I good at, what am I not good at, and try to surround myself with people that a little combination of both can make myself, you know, better around person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That awesome. makes sense. And that, yeah, like they say, you're the combination of the five people closest to you. So that makes sense. Exactly, yeah. It's true. I always, it's true. Yeah, I always go back to, um, I think there's three types of uh, magicians and three types of entrepreneurs in the world, the leaders. We have the creators, the performers, and the creative performers, right? So the creators over here are more about, they love to create material, and maybe they're more behind the scenes, they love building the props, um, they're kind of mad scientists, right? And then the performers over here, they love communicating with people, maybe they're in front of the stage, or they're connecting with the people, or the showmen, and they're right in the middle of a little combination of both, right? And that could be anything in life. Maybe, maybe you love just being kind of more behind the scenes type of stuff, right? Or maybe you may be like kind of like social media or stuff like, actually, you know, so, I guess social media or maybe the app developer would be a good example. And then the, the, the performer over here, maybe you're like the salesman, right? The car, the, the so maybe the social media, like you're connecting with more people, right? Um, the car salesman, right? Or maybe you love, you're the presenter of the group if you're, you know, if you're with a team, right? And then maybe a little combination of both. And I think, I think, I don't think one is better or worse than the other. Not have a very successful team to have to have at least one on your team. Right. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, that's, and that's what it is. You know, you have to try to figure out what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what's my team strengths, my team weaknesses, how can we merge them together? Yeah. 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 I would probably say I'm probably more the performer um, yeah. person in terms of my, when my, when it comes to magic. Um, I, I, I like, I like connecting with the audience more, although I don't, I do love creating tricks, but I do know there's a lot better creators out there than myself that, that are kind of like my, I have a consultant and his name is Stathi and he is just a mad scientist. He develops all these amazing things behind the scenes, but I perform 
out in the public more than he does, right? So we're kind of we're kind of there, and then I know a lot of musicians are a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 That makes so, sense. But it, it depends. I know that you guys are probably one or one or the other, maybe a little combination of both, right? And just the more you interact with people, the more you're going to realize what you're more passionate about, which you know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Right, right, and then how you can you know benefit each other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It takes a team. Yep. Absolutely. Takes a team. We a team. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the thing with magicians too. Magicians. When you say the word magician, you automatically think of this person who like won't reveal anything and like very secretive and stuff like that. And I used to be that same way. I used to tell no one my secrets, but the more I started to kind of surround myself with trusted advisors and stuff, the more I was more willing to share some ideas and then they helped me tremendously to make them better. Right. So like magicians are very secretive in terms of, um, they don't really like to, to, to share a lot of their ideas, which I totally get. But if yeah. you can surround yourself with a, you know, with, with a good group of people that you trust and they trust you, oh, it can, it's, it's so powerful building yourself around a community. I, I growing up, I was very individualistic. And now I've totally opened my, opened my horizon of how I, you know, how I can help you and, and vice versa in terms of how we can learn from each other. At what point did that mindset change for you? Was there a specific moment or was it just kind of, over time, you just kind of uh, learned that you were being too, I guess, egotistical. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think um, I think growing up, I think um, like I, I think in in high school and college, I would say I I knew a lot of people, and a lot of people knew me. Mm. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized it could only count like five good friends mm. if, if that makes sense yep like, absolutely like, you know, Owen and i grew up in a very small town so everyone knew each other and i and i was looking around and i felt like oh wow like more people have like are hanging out more and like getting invited places like wait why am i like i only could count like friends on like on my hand that were actually like you know hanging out with me and stuff I'm like wait what am i doing wrong here and i and i realized i'm like wait a minute i'm, I'm too focused on myself mm. and again it goes back to growing up being a magician you're constantly told oh wow you're amazing you're amazing you're amazing what you do right and, and again it goes to your head and it's like oh wow like i know some of people don't know you know and i think that's what i kind of learned like wow like that magic component of me actually really backfired right so now i try to make friends with people first get to know them whatever and then magic is just something i do right so i want them to know me for me like me for me, and then, then eventually they realize that I'm a professional magician, right? Um, and that, again, it happened in college as well. It's the same thing in college. You know, when you're getting invited to all these parties and stuff, you know, and you're uh, from all these tricks, you know, a lot of people know who you are, but you can only, you know, me personally, I can only count on my hand a few of my real people I could actually count as friends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think there is something to be said. Oh, looks like we lost Jack. Uh, I will pause. Yeah. Jack is back. We figured I'm it back. out. Um, uh, but yeah, just to say uh, about having like a, like five close friends, um, I think there really is something to be said about like not spreading yourself too thin because they say you can only really genuinely give so much of yourself um, to anyone. So like you, you could probably like, it could be to the detriment of your career that you're trying to be friends with 20 people closely at all the time like that's going to take up 
literally your whole life probably trying to spend time with everybody. Um, so while, uh, well, I can understand wh where you're coming from with like the fleeting relationships of like people seeing you do tricks in college. Um, I have to say more people probably knew who you were than know who I am. So it is, uh, you're getting your name out there. You know what I mean? It's a frozen so. con, you know, I think, um, it, it's tough because especially, uh, like myself where I, I am the, 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 the business, right? Like I, like people have to, like people hire me, right. To, to perform magic, do, to do whatever I need to do. So it's tough to, when you want to advertise, especially on Facebook or whatever, you you want to say like, oh, wow, look, I like performed like to Tom Brady or I've done all these like cool things. Cause like you have to, in one way you want to showcase your life in a way, right? Yeah. Another way you want to try to advertise yourself. Another yeah. way people can view that as you're just bragging, right? Yeah. Quick, humble brag. Like, oh yeah, I, this was like that one time I worked for the Patriots. And yeah. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's a really difficult road to, to do and I and I learned that through high school and through college where like I had all these I was really lucky to have all these amazing opportunities when I was younger where other people could view that as okay well he's just bragging right and then that could actually backfire yeah. and people like don't want to like hang out with you because you're just like come bragging all the time but like that wasn't really my intention but I realized looking back on it I'm like oh shit wait why the why the hell did I say that you know what I mean like like so what I realized over the years is like people like pe people want to become friends with you because for, for who you are. And if you took out all your accomplishments in your life, would you still have the same friends that you have? Right. And I think I didn't realize that growing up, I thought me showing, Hey, look what I've done over all these years would actually attract more friends, but actually was pushing people away. Mm. Right. Right. Um, and there's nothing wrong though with uh, defining your worth. Like you had, a, you did and have been accomplishing uh, so much. So, I mean, it is hard to, you can't just ignore it all the time. Um, so I'm sure some people it's like insecurity on, on their part. I even to shook be, Tom Brady's hand. I would brag about it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I was even, <laughs> one of my questions I had written down, we already had kind of gotten to it was just, how does it feel to have Tom Brady talk about you? Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. That's honestly. not something like, everyone gets to do. So yeah, that I think was you awesome. have bragging rights there. <laughs> that was a wild day, actually. So, so part of my job of why they hired me was um, to take pictures of the players. So, um, so what the story, what happened was, I had my own, I had the whole show with the players, and then um, Ryan Hannibal from WEEI reached out to me and said, "Hey, can we do a story on on what you're doing?" I said, "Yeah, sure." So I did an interview with them. So when he posted the article, the article kind of like went viral. Like it like blew up, like saying like, oh my God, like the, the, the team has a magician. What's going on? All this type of mm -hmm. stuff. Like it blew up. So, so then about a week later, a reporter in the, in the press conference room asked Brady, he's like, hey, what do you think of you know, the team magician John Logan? And, you know, Brady, and Brady said some cool things. And I, I saw was, that. I saw that uh, interview. Yeah, yep. it was crazy. I was I was in the back of the room taking photos of Brady for my other part of my job. Wow. All of a sudden I heard John Logan. And I was like, wait, what? Like I, I was like, wait, what wait, what's going on right now? Mm -hmm. I'm like, holy shit. Like, wait, Brady yeah. <laughs> mentioned me? What is going That's on? That's amazing. Man, my yeah. phone, my phone blew up that night. Like, yeah, I bet. 
to me, like people I haven't talked to in like 10 years, like being like, what the hell just happened? Like, I don't like it. So it was, yeah. a, it was, and after that, all these TV features want to do like TV shows, want to do features on me and stuff like that. So, um, so it was, it was really cool, you know, at the time, you know, and then, um, but again, it kind of goes back, you know, like if I, you know, it's like, you can only, you kind of true, you kind of realize like who like your true friends are compared to people that are just like, like reaching out because of like your accomplishments, right. Or right. something like that. And then it's hard to kind of be like, to brag about yourself, but you're not really bragging about yourself. It's more for advertisement. Right. You're just right? showing people what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with some people would, t- but some people could take that as a way like, oh my God, he's very well self again. But like, I'm really, I'm trying not to. But it, but it's, so you have Those to, people are insecure. Yeah, you just have to be like, <laughs> when that's you're what I say. The brand, and especially in high school and college where you're trying to fit in, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're at that awkward age where you're trying to fit in, you're trying to make friends, stuff like that. You know, magic is a great way to make yourself unique, but it also, can also backfire because other people want to try to fit in as well. And they could actually view your magic as a way of like, 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 all right, enough already with the magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that makes them feel good that they shut someone down or something. I, I, yeah, I, I know how you feel there. There is definitely, it's if you, and this isn't magic specific. Like if you are unique in any way uh, in high school, it's, sometimes difficult to navigate like because um people just love to point things out in high school so exactly. that's the thing like again, kids are assholes yeah pretty much our, our brains are naturally drawn to complain compared to praise or not praise mm. is the wrong word um to look at things from a positive perspective right like it's, it's easy to complain about traffic and complain about the and the weather and stuff like that and people actually bond easier that way Mm-hmm. Right, people actually. If you meet a stranger, you'll actually bond easier if you have a similar complaint in common. Oh, that's a hundred percent true. Actually, yeah. I actually like Jack, people. People I that just send you this. It was a. I I just it was a video I literally saw yesterday. It was yeah. from Funny or Die, where like you, it was uh, it was office gossip, and they were like, right. I I was just thinking the conversations I have at work. Like ninety yeah. percent of them are us just complaining about shit. Like it's oh, wow. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like we're miserable people, but. It's just a common, we have that common ground. We're like, oh, this annoys you. It annoys me too. Let's talk about it. And like, you're just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> One of my challenges in my keynote is I always say, you know, everything like is based on perspective. Can you go 24 hours without complaining about anything? And it's very no. hard to do that because it just changes your perspective on, on, on life. However, kind of going back to, you know, the, the high school and the college years, whatever, if I'm performing magic, people could view that as a way of like, okay, all right. They're like, okay, I can't figure the trick out. John feels, I feel John is, you know, is trying to be superior than me, than people. And it just, it just adds that common element to it. Right. Like, you know, so it was tough growing up because again, we did live in a small town. So everyone knew each other, but truthfully, I could probably only count like, like, three or four people that I really truly said were my true friends, mm. you know, um, probably partly because I probably pushed a lot of people away, not realizing that I was pushing people away. And I only realized that looking back on it now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, again, it's just, it's just learning lessons, you know, um, and that's, that's what it comes down to as well. You know? Yeah. Well, that's life. I mean, we always, no one can say that they're the same 
now that they were in high school. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and you're in a, I guess in another unique situation is that your, your career that you're in did start in high school. Uh, a lot of people sort of developed that craft a little later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yours was like, you've had the, I guess it's unique situation. I keep saying unique of like, just that, like starting from 12 on now, like 12 to into your twenties, like this was something that you've now experienced like through puberty, basically like how your brain has changed thoughts of it. And it, it is a testament to a lot of people would have put it down, like, but to have that passion and, and really pick through it. I think you, you're probably one of the, I think only people that has at this age, the insight like to magic that you do. Mm. Well, I think that's a, that's a benefit of performing for so long is that you view things as learning lessons, right? Like, like I just, you know, you, you go back and you think about other aspects of your life and you're like, wait a minute, like, why did I say that there? Why did I do that there? And like, you just view it as learning lessons. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily regrets, but just like, okay, if I'm in a similar situa- situation again, I'm not going to do that, right? Um, and I think that's, you know, I, I was lucky at a young age to get into magic and learn about um, not just performing tricks, but how to connect with people using the magic and yeah. and maybe maybe the, the hard components about magic. And, you know, it can, it can be a very lonely, lonely road being a performer, you know, traveling by yourself, you know, state to state, you know, I know a lot of, and I know it's kind of why celebrities get into drugs, right? Cause like, yeah. it's a very, very similar idea where, cause you're, when you're on stage for that, let's say 60 minutes, everyone's applauding you, you're, everyone's laughing, you're they're saying you're amazing. It's that, that instant gratification, right? You say, wow, I, I'm so successful, quote unquote, right? All this stuff. And then once the show is over, that roller coaster dies down, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of entertainers, especially rock and roll people, pop, you know, pop culture people, they need to get that high again, mm-hmm. right? So they take those drugs to, to feel that high again. So they're, they're always right. leveled, right? But, but I think if you're always leveled, I'm not trying to get into drugs, <laughs> drugs right now. Right. I'm, no, that's fine. I'm just saying, if you're, if you're always leveled, if you always feel the same way, then you're not feeling anything at all. There's no reward, right? Yeah, right. that's a normal. Right, because you can't appreciate the highs if you don't have the lows. And you're not you're not building a tolerance for the lows either. So that when the lows do hit, you don't know how to deal with it. And it's more rewarding compared to, you know, drinking or taking a taking drugs, or whatever. Because if you work on something so hard for your whole life, let's say magic in this instance, in this instance, and I do my sixty minute show, I know that people are reacting to me because of my hard work right compared to just taking a drug or doing a shot or whatever you still may get that high but it's not as rewarding because you know that you kind of cheated you didn't earn it yeah yeah but that's why a lot of like and i completely understand why people would get on drugs because they especially entertainers because they need that constant Mm -hmm. gratification that constant feeling of feeling valued and that's why a lot of magicians got into magic to begin with because they didn't feel like that either got picked on in school or they didn't feel like they were valued somehow and magic is a great way to build up your confidence and have people look at you from a different perspective like oh wow oh my god how do you do that so it's a it's a confidence booster no matter what trick you do right but 
a lot of times if, if magicians don't recognize that they're using magic as that crutch to make them feel good, and if they remove magic out of the equation, can they still make themselves feel valuable in life? And that's the difference. And some magicians, even professional ones, I know them personally, still have trouble not using magic as that crutch, right? Hmm. Right? Now then we lost them again. Uh-oh. Back again. Uh, so it's, uh, I guess just to bring it back, it sounds like you were kind of alluding to like, there's a dark side of the road. Like how much of that have you experienced with, uh, just the people around you? Have you kind of watched that happen to others? Or are you yourself like kind of what you catch yourself and you try to avoid like, you know, getting a drink at the end of the night or something is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, it, there's definitely a slippery, I think, I think magic or even the entertainment industry in general, um, it, it can be a very lonely road. So I can completely understand and see how these um, celebrities or these rock stars or whoever can get addicted to drugs or alcohol or something like that because, you know, you're, you're traveling. Let's slow, for instance, like in my case, right? Like if I'm, if I'm traveling to a, to a keynote or a show, I want to get there a day earlier in case any, any, thing to do with fights all right i i like to get there at least two days earlier so and then leave maybe the next day so that's four days of traveling right there with only a 60 minute of me up on stage right so that whole time is just i'm just by myself right so then so then when you get up on the stage you get that high of interacting with the people and all this type of stuff and all this type of stuff and then you kind of go back to the hotel room then you're by yourself again, right? So, right. It's, so it's, it's a big roller coaster ride of, of, of doing that. And so I can completely understand how these um, successful magicians, successful performers, um, musicians, celebrities can get addicted to this because you're, you're constantly, let's say like a band, you're, you travel, you do your set for two hours, right? Everyone's screaming your name, is all great. And then the lights shut down and you're by yourself again, right? And so it's this big roller coaster ride, and it's it's it can be it can be definitely lonely sometimes. I know that I know a lot of magicians who have been on these all these all these famous talk shows and have their own shows on you know on on TV and are all like really successful on paper, but I can tell just through their social media posts or stuff like that that they that they are lonely. Um, just just the way that they the things that they post, you could be like, oh, well, that's kind of odd that he, that he, that he posted that or he, he's asking advice about this, you know? And again, it's like, there's nothing wrong with asking for advice on social media, but a lot of things that they post, they can easily just like Google, right? Like, yeah, yeah you can see through like, it's almost yeah. a cry for help depending yeah. on how it's worded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell that. And just, it's, you know, especially, you know, I, I can get lonely in the road as well. I, when I, you know, Few years ago i realized like you know what it'd be it'd be amazing i want to be a full-time magician full-time community speaker i want to travel to all these conferences and do all these cool things you know i want to be on the road all the time but then i just realized over time like wow that is, it can actually be really lonely you know what mm -hmm. i mean and yeah i'm sure it's draining because it's exhausting too yeah yeah there's no normalcy to like uh you're not going to the same home every day you're like you have to repack everything and travel like make sure you didn't leave anything in the hotel like that is definitely an on the go. Uh, it, you can get used to it, but I think it would be hard to get used to. And it probably doesn't make you ever feel like you're at home. So 
Yeah, and then come, yeah, come, then combined with our kind of current social media environment now, I, I feel like social media is is actually really backfiring. I think we're at a point right now where social media is backfiring in a way where social media is essentially people's highlight reel of their life, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't know about that, that other people don't know about, right? So, so if someone posts something online about some big accomplishment and then someone else sees that online, they're going to feel like, kind of, kind of feel down, which right. makes them want to post something good about their life. And then right. that other person, so it's just a big domino effect. Not realizing that nobody's posting about the bad stuff in their life. Exactly. You know, it's like it's all- anyone can make their life seem pretty great on social media. All-, all you got to do is post, you know, just every couple weeks or, you know, every so often, anytime something good happens or you go on like a cool trip, but you don't see the bad stuff ever. And it, it's, it's so bad because it's just everyone's living this filtered life and everyone's comparing each other mm. themselves to other, other people, which then makes, your, makes you feel like that you're not good enough, yep. right? And then, then you post something to get engagements to make, to, for those likes to make you feel good so people recognize you. But in reality, long term, it's actually backfiring you, making you lonelier because now you're only posting things for the likes, right? Right. Those, right? So it's just this big, and then in a less lonely time in your life, you'll probably look back at those posts and be like, "Why? Why was I posting that stuff?" Yeah. <laughs> I think social media is really. Um, I think it can definitely have power, but I think it's really impacting the mental health of a lot, a lot of people. For sure. And then combining it, if you are a entertainer or someone who is in the entertainment field, most likely you love that you have that mindset of you love when people praise you mm. right if you're a musician or a magician or whatever you want to do that comedian you you mm. like that praise of people oh my god you're so funny you're so good at that or whatever it is so combining that mindset with the already social media mindset magicians and entertainers whatever can get very lonely very fast mm. it really it can really mess with 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 your mental health and it, it's just it's it's really, t- it's a really lonely road. I remember, I forget who said this. I think it was, um, I, f- I forget who it was. It was. I think they were on the Fallon show and it was an actor and they were like, oh, you know, do you have any advice for people who are, who want to be a successful actor like you? And they were like, don't do it. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Who did say that? I feel like I've seen this before. Yeah, I forget who it was. I, but it was, it was really in the, the more you, you look this up, the more, what I'm talking about, you're like, wow, there's actually a lot of people are saying very similar things to what I'm saying that it can be a very, very lonely road. And it's sometimes it's really not worth that, that 60 minute of praise isn't mm. worth that long-term effect of mental health. Right. Mm. Right. And you have to be careful. So then I have to go back like, okay, why are you doing what you do? So like, why am I performing magic? Right. Like, is it because I want people to praise me? Or is it simply because I actually do enjoy performing magic? You know, and I think any magician is probably a little combination of both. Mm. But you have to figure out what is, what is worth more, you know? And mm. uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough. It's, it's really tough to do that, um, especially if you're traveling a lot. And so I can totally, you know, when people are saying, oh, you know, this celebrity is on drugs or whatever. Like, I don't judge them at all because I can totally see why they would. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and it's interesting how you pointed out, like, it's not just in one of these industries. It's sort of like the road gig economy 
it has entertainers it just, in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, just a lot of the things you were saying when it comes to like getting into like people with like self-esteem might get into magic, like because the magic helps build their self-esteem. And, and I've heard that with comedy and I've heard, I mean, that happens with musicians. Like you get good at guitar or something and right. that's your niche. Oh, get, being that, really good at something build, you know, helps your self-esteem of course. So yeah. yeah. Especially with like magicians. Like I know a lot of, like a lot of magicians, a lot of people that are successful magicians now, or magicians in general, they use magic as a way to fit in, mm. right? Like they use that magic as that icebreaker, like to fit in or using that crutch of like trying to, you know, feel good about themselves because other people are feeling, you know, are feeling or telling them that they're, that they're really good at magic or whatever, right? So it's like you, if you remove that crutch, you know, do you still have that self-esteem? Is that magic actually helping you or hindering you? So a lot of successful magicians now had self-esteem issues when they were younger, which is why they got into magic for people to tell them that they're really good at something, right? So they're already rooted in their mind that they're, they already have self-esteem issues, right? So now when you're going on the road, when you're older and traveling more and more and more, your self-esteem issues are coming back to coming back because you already had them to begin with right right and and i think that's with with any type of um entertainer a lot of entertainers get into their industry because they use that outlet as a way to fit in or to feel better about themselves or because they were getting more attention now you know um that's why like a lot of these like a lot of these movies now like the, the bohemian rhapsody movie and that own john movie like Freddie Mercury and Ellen John, they were kind of an outcast when they were younger and they, mm. they, they used music as that outlet, right? Right, yep. Now, but then what, But then they then they both got into drugs, right? Because they yep. have to get that high. They have to feel like they're constantly fitting in. Um, so it's, it's, it's just a really interesting psychological component of why entertainers do what they do. Or do they do it because they're truly passionate about it? Or do they do it because people are saying that they're really amazing at it? And I would assume it's a little combination of both. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which one? So as, as long as you can understand it, that, you know, it, it's, it's easier to cope for a future. Mm. If you do feel like, if you do feel lonely, you know? Yeah. And do you think self-awareness? That, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and do you think that that's like person to person as far as like Jack was just saying self-awareness? Like, do you, need to just keep yourself in check or do you think there's really sort of like a guideline of uh, like could you give people like an outline of advice like if you're road gigging you need to like always have breakfast like keep yourself on this type of schedule or you'll fall out of it and start spiraling like I, I wonder if there's like um, you know something like as far as keeping routine the things you can control like the intangibles obviously not everything's going to be the same every day on the road um, I was just yeah. curious if maybe if there's any tips or tricks you've found like advice to people that might be listening right now who have struggled like trying to fit with maybe their mentality on the road that's a good question um i think it's um i think people will feel lonely but if they don't recognize that's normal to feel lonely then they have to realize it's normal to feel the way that they're that they're that they're feeling right and if they just think like oh wow like well, I'm lonely, whatever. I just did my, I just did my show. Okay. What do I do now? Like, and then if they can easily, if they can recognize, okay, this is actually normal to feel this way. I think it's going to be better because they can better cope with it. Uh, when I travel, you know, I try to, 
you know, watch some, I kind of I, I use this to my advantage of, okay, I have no really distraction. I, I can go do, the night beforehand, I practice my show in, the, in my hotel room, and then I do my show, whatever, and then it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm in North Carolina. Let me look up some cool places to visit in North Carolina. When am I going to be here next, right? I take advantage of where I am, right? Like mm-hmm. That's important. Yes. Absolutely. And you'll have a huge bucket list checked off before you're Absolutely. 30. Like, that is amazing. So that, that's, I think, what the best thing to do is really take advantage of, like, some people dream about traveling to a different state, you know? Right. And now you're going there pretty much paid for by someone else, the person right. who's paying you. You can't just stay in your hotel room. Yeah, take advantage of that. Go right. Adventure, you know? And again, it would be, it's going to be a little bit lonelier for you if you're by yourself compared to someone else. Like, but I try to, you know, I, so, oh, and you might know uh, Brett Powers. Oh, uh, yeah, there, there's a few of them, right? There's a couple brothers, I think. Well, so, so, Brett, so Brett has um, a sister, Gina, um, and then a brother named Jackson. But so Brett and I have been you know, best friends since like second grade. So whenever, whenever I, I have an opportunity opportunity like to travel to another state i'll bring him with me because he's been there you know we've been best friends since second grade so he knows all my tricks and he knows everything what all this stuff so like i don't have to try to like impress him with anything right but but he'll give me advice right he'll be like like oh you know when you're up on stage you should say this instead of this right so so i'm there with someone so whenever you can travel with like a travel buddy if you can um and you know and definitely do that so that's one advice another advice is just take advantage of different um the different landmarks that you're around. That's, that's another advice I would say. Um, and just realize that, you know, nice, a lot of people, you know, you can get a lot done if you're, if you have no distractions, right? Um, a lot of people are kind of locked up in their office all the time. People constantly talking to them. It's like, okay, now you're by yourself. You no, know, can you do anything that you really wanted to always do? You know, that you, that you didn't need, you don't need any distractions or anything like that. So, uh, you know, that's the thing, you know, so it's, a, it's, a, it can be a very tough road um but i completely understand why people would need that constant praise that constant feeling of um feeling feeling valued right because a lot of people got into that entertainment industry because they didn't feel valued right Mm. so so at the end of the night when the the lights go down and the crowd is gone you're going to feel lonely because when you went all the way to your high you you did the you know you, you did what you're known for and now you're going back down right um so you just have to recognize that and really take advantage of it yeah mm. yeah yeah and people kind of have to tailor their routine to that and, and just keep yeah. in mind i mean yeah keep yourself in check and i'm sure like not to get too deep but there's like a lot of you can do like remote therapy and stuff if you just need to talk to someone they have like facetiming like um, yeah. therapists and everything or even just a friend like just if you do need to talk to someone on the road there's technology has made that a lot easier than it had been in the past. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know like therapy right now is getting really popular just because of like so many things going on in the world right now. Like, and like, it just, I know a lot of people who, you know, who go to therapy and just, that's what it, it's, it's like the norm now, you know, like 20 years ago, yep. well, like, well, I go to therapy, like, oh my God, he goes to therapy. And now it's like, oh yeah, like everyone has a therapist, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. You hear every celebrity talking about like, oh, yeah. I was telling my therapist this and they yeah. told me this and it's like just part of life, yeah. Yeah, because like, it, 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 you connect a lot of dots as well. Like, okay, why are you feeling this way? Okay, well, maybe it's the experience in your past and you can connect a lot of things and really understand why the way, the reasons you act the way you act and if mm. you can those reasons and you can better um, 
just be better in life. You really understand why you're doing what you're doing, you know? Um, but yeah, I know like a lot of, you know, like, like you said, a lot of celebrities have, have therapists because it's just easier for them to cope with everything going on. Um, you know, you know, living the, I always I say a lot of people want to become rich and famous and travel and all this, all this type of stuff, but there is a, there is a line of, there is a dark side to that, you know, nothing, nothing is perfect in life. So I think, I think growing up, I think I thought that success was everyone knowing who I was, but the more I realized, the more I was like, that doesn't really, that shouldn't really be a threshold for success. Like being right. famous or whatever, like that shouldn't, you know, now, now I learned, but back then I didn't know, you know, I think, I think. What success, is, what is success to you now? Well, success to me is simply um, li- making a positive impact, living the life you want to live while making a positive impact for yourself and for those around you. Yeah. So there's two components. So living the life you want to live while also making a positive impact for yourself and for those around you. Um, to me, to me, that's what success is, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think if you can do that, you know, that's, that's what it is. You know, um, people, you know, people say money can't buy happiness, but of course it, it's, you can only buy happiness to a certain point. You, all these billionaires and you know, all these people that have a ton of money, it, it, studies have shown that as long as you have enough money to pay the bills, make ends meet, and have a little extra, that's the threshold. Anything yeah. else above that it's is unnecessary. unnecessary. <laughs> and, yeah. but, so, it, so if you're poor and you have nothing, clearly you're going to be unhappy. Because, right. But as long as you have enough money to pay the bills you want, you know, pay the bills and have enough money for the leftover. That's the threat. Anything else, it doesn't, it actually shows that that doesn't impact your happiness at all. Yeah. Right. Cause who, who knows like what you could spend that money on? Like right. once you get past like that. The, the, yeah. The bills are covered. Then what else is there? Like, exactly. and that's the thing I always tell people like, you know, there's 24 hours in the day, right? Eight hours. We're sleeping. Let's say on mm-hmm. average, eight hours we're sleeping. Hopefully. Yep. Right. <laughs> we eight, try. The other eight hours, you're at work, and the other eight hours, either commuting or eating. Right. Mm. So those eight hours that you're at work, right? You can try and do something that you enjoy doing, right? Like, cause those other eight hours where you're commuting or, or eating or whatever, like those are just like essential things that you have to do, right? So that one, you're we're pretty much only living thirty three percent of our life, if you think about it. Right. Yeah. Right? We're only living, we're, so we're living 33% of our life. So why don't you do something that those eight hours that you're at work, if you're making a million dollars a day, but you hate what you're doing, are you successful yeah. or not? Yeah. Cause what can you do no, with the million dollars? Yeah. You're if you're busy right? hating it. If you're not it, yeah. happy, then what's the point? As long as right. you have a job that can, that you, that you enjoy, you're giving value to people, you're, you're making a positive impact for yourself and those around you and you're getting paid the amount that you can still live by plus more plus a little bit more that that's what you should be focusing on right yep. if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life confucius exactly, confucius. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it should be you know what i mean so and i think a lot of people view this as you know view view life as a way it's like okay i need to go to college i need to work at a desk job and you know make make all this money a year or whatever that's how i'm going to become happy but at the, at the end of the day i think a lot of people i know some people that don't make a lot of money are happier than people I know that do make a lot of money. Right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's very, really fascinating that, that concept. And I think magicians and entertainers, comedians, 
they think that success is people telling them that they're amazing at what they do, right? And they're trying to get all these social media followers and, mm. and all this type of stuff. And they think that's what, that's what success is, but they don't realize that it's just, it just they're just following you, right? That they don't realize that that's not really what success should be about, right? Mm. As long as, but maybe if they're producing content, they love producing the content, social media content, then yeah, it's a different story, but you know what I mean? I think these, these celebrities or these people that want to be celebrities are confusing um, popularity with success. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially nowadays you can have a lot of, you can have a big following on social media and not be making any money off of it. So it's like, yeah, and there's a, uh, go back to the social media thing. You just said like, I, I think I said this in the beginning. I've, I, I hate the word influencer. Mm. Like motivational person yeah i mean influencer has kind of become like a joke of a term honestly it, it, it drives me insane when people say like oh like motivational speaker or influencer it's like yeah no, it was like it, i don't know I, I find that i find that really aggravating but what I, do you think all, what do you think about uh do you know gary v yeah i know gary v what do you think about him uh, I, I i do like him uh the okay because he's giving I think some of his advice is, um, I think he's, he's good. He's a good hearted person. He, he, he wants to genuinely help people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, a, I think he's really good at marketing himself. I think some advice that he says can apply to everyone that is true. true. Um, so it, it, but again, it's a balance, you know, you can't, you know, if I did a keynote and, you know, of course, you're not going to relate to everything I'm talking about. True. Well, if I can say one sentence, then you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I consider that success, right? You learn yep. one thing, right? And again, so it, it really depends on you know, what it is. But I think a lot of these YouTubers or social media followers, um, at the end of the day, they can have a million views on YouTube. But people don't know a lot of behind the scenes that are going on. Like, all the stress of, like, I'm a video producer myself. I know it takes a lot of effort to produce one video and mm. they are cost, they have to constantly produce one a day. That's a lot of stress, right? And again, they're only showing the good side on camera, but they don't, but so then all these people are striving to be these YouTubers that have a million views. They can post a video a day, but they're struggling because they realize how hard it actually is behind the scenes, right? A lot of people right. see the end result of something like a, like a trip, for instance, they only see the end result. They don't see the years and years and years that went into that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or even a comedian's joke, right? Like a lot of these famous comedians now probably were, you know, in, in college or right out of college doing these open mic nights to two people in the audience, right? And like no one's cracking a smile, right? right. So it, it's a, it is a dark side to kind of the entertainment industry in general, um, whether that be a magician, a, a comedian, a YouTuber, a musician, you know, anything in general. Yeah. I know I kind of rambled on there, but oh, no worries, no, <laughs> oh, no worries. worries. There's, a lot, there's a lot to be said on on these topics, so absolutely, yeah, it's hard to know uh, how much is enough. Uh, I did. I was actually curious. Do you have? Um, I it's a little difficult over Zoom, and I know we talked about how video can be uh, can welcome skeptics. But uh, would you be interested? Like, could you do like a trick demo for us here? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's do something here. Um, uh, let's see if I can, uh, let's see, let's see. There's actually a new trick. I was just, I have, 
it's, it's a new concept. Um, we'll see. We'll see how well it works. I don't know if it's actually even going to work or not. Um, we'll see. Um, this is all part of the deception. I'm I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, if I do, can you guys see that? Yep. Right. Yeah, then I do that, right? Okay, so we have all these cards here. Okay? Yep. Gotcha. All right, these ones are different. They're not all the three of diamonds. <laughs> Maybe give them a quick shuffle. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to deal out one by one like this. And someone just say stop whenever they want. Stop. Right there, are you sure? Do you want to yeah. deal this card up? Do you want to keep there? Do you want to add a few uh, more? You, you can deal that last one. Yeah, I trust you. Is that fair? Yeah. You sure? Do you want to change? Do you want to add a few more? It's up to, it's up to you. Wait, oh, wait. Am I guessing something, or is this just like when I want to stop? Yeah, when you want to stop. Let's do six more cards. I want. Yeah. I want six. <laughs> two, three, four, five, six. All right, I trust it here. Okay. All right. Good. Now, if you did seven, it would have been that card. 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 We have all these different cards here, right? Okay. All these cards here. Right. Yep. Uh, we'll put the card to stop there just on the box right there and if you said if you didn't say six it would have been six uh five four three two it would have been that card right mm. would have been any of these cards here right okay you saw this one here you stopped at a black four mm -hmm. yes and the card box here i put a prediction to the black four. Nah. How do we do this? Wow. <laughs> wow. Totally random. I was totally confused. That was, yeah. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I, yeah, I'm actually like, I know something happened, but I, I, don't, I don't know what. This one's going out, clipped out onto the YouTube channel, and people yep. are going to be like, Oh, this ah. is definitely going out. This is definitely, yeah. We'll do this. We'll do this. So I'll take the, the black, the four spades. I'll put them in the middle like that, right? You'll see it's on the bottom to two of diamonds, right? Yeah. Yeah, seven of hearts, right? If I take the seven of hearts, if I take the seven of hearts and just rub it right against the box, see, and that goes back into four spades. You see it go? That's incredible. How did that happen? That's incredible. We'll do it again. We'll do it a little bit differently this time. Now, do you want to use the four spades or do you want to use a different card? It's up to you. Uh, Let's, you know what? Let's use a different card. I need okay, to <laughs> So we'll take the four of spades. We'll put it. We'll put it in the middle over here. So we'll just bury it in here. Okay. Watch closely, folks. Watch closely. <laughs> so I'll show you. It's uh, not on top, right? But here's where here's where something interesting happens. Now I was gonna use a different car, but I always want to try this one out. If I do this, one, two, three. I don't know if you saw that, but now it goes over here. Do you see it go? Uh, no, I, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> We'll use a different card. We'll use the nine of diamonds, right? If I take the nine of diamonds, I'll put it in the middle, right? Don't blink. If you blink, you're going to miss it. I take it one, two, three, just pops right to the top, right? I'll do it again. It goes into the middle like this. Mm -hmm. right? I, shake it. I shake it, it just goes right up. Nah. Right? How is this happening? You're moving real quick. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Sound off in the comments if you think you saw a cut in that video. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to slow it down, slow motion. Take the nine diamonds and put it in just like that, right? If I go like that, you'll see it goes. Well, you're the nine of diamonds, right? Hold on here. Okay, keep riding the jack of hearts. If I take the jack of hearts, one, two, three, probably just see the merge it right into the nine of diamonds, right? And I'll do it one last time. Mm. Take the nine of diamonds. 
See, my cards don't change when I shake them. There's going to be a lot of memes made of my face <laughs> reacting to this right now because I'm just like, what's happening? How are I, I, yeah. We'll do, the, we'll do the old to the nine of diamonds, right? And this time we'll put it in here, right? And uh, actually this time I'll come to that, right? If I snap, it goes right up. That's magic. That's magic. <laughs> Fancy. Wow. Wait, so what do you know Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange. Yeah. Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just dude, that was like I mean, like, here's the thing. When I'm sitting here watching it, like, and I just you're holding one card and you shake it and it becomes another card. I'm yeah. like, you have to have some app on your phone, and this is an L C D screen <laughs> and it's like changing the card. I'm like, how does that work? People were doing people were doing magic tricks way before apps. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like technology now. It's like you want as magicians, you want to integrate technology into your act because you want to no not not as a method, but as like borrowing people's phones and stuff. But at the same time, it's a tough balance because people could just assume it's like some sort of app, right? Mm. So it, so it's a tough balance of as a magician trying to create magic that has to do with um technology or technology because people instantly think that it's not real yeah yeah um, but yeah so it's it's fun you know it's, it's really it's the creative process really fun to to to, to uh to develop yeah and I, i'm surprised i haven't asked this yet um more on like the nonsense uh side of things how uh it do you keep up like the act ever that um there it's more than an illusion like that magic is you know like is there ever the essence of like this is magic magic there's no illusion you know like so that's it's funny a, you say that so i have a hmm. unique philosophy about what what magic is i think a lot of people in the world right now they believe there's two types of magic right you have real magic and then you have magic that magicians do right but does the real magic actually exist? And, it, and if, if it doesn't exist, then magicians are trying to mimic something that doesn't even exist, which is somewhat odd, right? Right. So, in other words, I think magic to me is a feeling of wonder and curiosity. You've seen something that you thought was impossible, impossible to become impossible. Like, you're right, your mind for going through when you were seeing that, that was the magic. Like, I didn't perform magic, your mind performed the magic, right? So like real magic would be like if I really took a coin in my hand and really made it disappear, right? Like that would be like real magic, right? But magicians are trying to do that with sleight of hand. But I, the irony is that people are like, wait a minute, I know that that real magic probably doesn't exist. So why am I so fascinated with something that he's demonstrating that I know is fake in a way, mm -hmm. right? So it's really interesting, the philosophy about magic. I, I never claim I have powers or anything like that. Um, I, again, I try to make it all about the audience members. And I, I do what I call a uh, coincidental magic, which means like, like, um, like it, it's essentially if you were like, all right, you know, um, you know, think, you know, think of any card you want. And I say, okay, what's the name of your card that you're thinking of? Okay, nine of diamonds, right? Then if that was a card you're thinking of, right? There's the chance of that happening is very small, but it did happen, right? So I use what I call what I 
called coincidental magic, which means that a lot of the magic I do is um, I don't claim I'm predicting the future or anything like that. Like the one where you just use, I dealt out and you stopped whenever you wanted to. And then I predicted what's the car you stopped at. Right. Like, yeah, there's a method behind that. And that could have been real, right? Like the, the chances of me stopping at the car is one in 52, one in 52 chances. Right. right. Well, like tricks I'll do, like that's a one in 52 chance I'll do, but a lot of tricks I'll do like, okay, the odds of this happening are one in a thousand, but they actually end up happening. Right. Yeah. So I try to make it not about like, oh, I can predict the future or I can read your mind or I'm going to guess the car and make it in a way where it's like, wait a minute, like, like what you just saw, I dealt all the cards and the card that you stopped at was a card that I predicted. Right. Like, okay, that could have happened. The chance of that happening is very small, but how did you do that? Like, right. Actually happen, right. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of philosophy about it. Right. So it makes people guess like, wait, was that a trick or did that actually happen? Right. That's, that's the thing that's most impressive about magic to me is like whether or not it's real or whether or not the person has like superpowers or whatever. What's even more impressive to me is how the hell did, if it's not real, then how the hell did they do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's, there's obviously some high skill level to just shake a card and make it change. Like even if it's not magic, it's, it's mind blowing still. And, and yeah, that's the thing. I try to make it, I try to create routines for my show that have people question, wait a minute, was that a trick? Like, mm-hmm. did that actually happen? You know what I mean? Like, like if I took, if I had someone up on stage, I solder in half and then put it back together. Clearly there's some sort of allusion to that. Right. So people, to me personally, I don't find that impressive because people are like, all right, clearly he didn't really saw her in half or she could be dead right now. Right. <laughs> right. Like, so I right. think that people are like, wait a minute, like how, it, like he wrote down a name or he wrote down a playing card and I had, and he asked me what playing card I was thinking of and it was the same card that he wrote down. Now, was that, a, was that real? Like, cause that could happen. There's one thing chance of happening, but was there a trick behind it? Like, you know, so that's what I try to make it be like, you know, is it, could it actually happen? I try to make my routines around that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. You know, I think and that's you want it, you want it to seem as real as possible. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't yeah. need any fancy props or anything. I I make it like, wow, like that. Wait, did that actually happen? Or yeah. So it's, I call it coincidental magic, right? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense because then someone's kind of they'll go uh, like racking their brain for like all the logical ways that you could have assumed certain things and like it it definitely because as realistic as certain things can be, it's still very complex for like um, just between the sleight of hand, the logic, the like manipulation and, and the circumstance. Cause sometimes you might have someone like really looking like at your hands. So you got to make yeah. everything um, line up. And-, and, that, and that's the thing with creating magic is how do you make it natural? I think we talked about this beforehand, but like you could have an amazing idea, but if the audience believes that that would actually never happen, then it's then it, it's not like it's really interesting of the the perfect trick right and how in my opinion a magician should never perform something that seems too good to be true hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. what, what would be an example of that yeah so if i wrote if i said like um like if I said like okay, I want you to think of um, a a place. Like if like if I if I had a, a card here, right? If I said okay, I want you to think about a any any place in the world, a 
um, a celebrity name, a food, uh, your middle name, and the time and date. What are all those things? And I have them all written down right here, right? Like yeah. that's too good to be true, right? right. Like, it's like okay, it's 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 just it's just too 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 perfect. Where in your in your perspective, you'd be like, it's so good that it can't be true. Right. Yeah. Like you must have gotten my information. Yeah. Like who did who did like, you talk yeah. to? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so it's such an amazing. It's, it's such an amazing trick that it has to be a trick, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting philosophy about magicians. Magicians are trying to do things that may seem impossible to do. But at the same time, you want to have people realize, like, wait a minute, that could have actually happened, right? right. Yeah, I, so there's actually a um, – I don't know that this is breaking the code or anything, but I, I saw a magician once at uh, – it was a hotel up in New Hampshire, and he um, – this was probably more of like a kid show anyways, but just like a funny, a trick he had done was it was, uh, I'm trying to remember it exactly. Cause it was, it was like a glass of water that he had pouring and then he like let go of it and the glass was still there and oh, then yeah. like went and grabbed it again. And I forget exactly like the explanation. I think there was like a tube or like something. I don't want to get into ruining the guy's joke, but I just remember being like, there is some clear prop going on here. Like he didn't make a glass float. So like, even I was young at the time, but I just remember thinking like, how is that a a Mm -hmm. real trick? And like certain things, um, uh, just getting back to like making things float and like, you know, things, when it gets too surreal, you start to think like there, um, there's some external factors at play that we just haven't been, you don't see almost like kind of like a heist movie when they show you that the heist already happened. And you're just like, okay. That's exactly what it is. Like, and that's, that's the thing. If people, if people know what really can't happen, then, then you can't, you can't, they won't be entertained. Right. Right. You have to give them some sort of explanation of how it happened, even though that couldn't be the explanation. You want to lead them down some path where they're like, like some sort of hope, right. Not hope, but like, wait a minute, we multiplied a bunch of numbers together and he predicted the number, right? Like, okay, he could have done that, but, but did he do that? Or was that just a trick? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you want to give them some way of being like, wow, that could have actually happened, but out of all the instances yeah. it actually did happen, wait, you know? Yeah. But like floating something, people know that you can't really float something. So like, hmm. they, you're instantly drawn like, okay, there's a string or it's a fake this or it's a fake that, right? Like, so I think the best of a magic is making something that people believe could have, could happen, but the odds of it happening is so little that when it does happen, they're like, wait a minute, how did that just happen? Right. Right. And the added layer of um, like giving, like you mentioned, people control, like, Hey, pick these numbers. We'll multiply them. And like, you have the answer somehow, like that is pretty, it, it like someone can, uh, it just adds that extra element of like, I pick these things and this is how it came out. Like that is insane. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's actually a trick I do on my show. Uh, very similar to what you just said. You know, they multiply a bunch of numbers together and I predict the number. Um, but but yeah, you know, that, that's the thing. You have to make it personable. You have to make it relatable. You have to make it seem like, wait a minute, like how did those numbers just like okay, he predicted the number, but he what if it was one digit off? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the odds of that happening equal that number, but the odds of that happening was one in a million. But it ended up happening. Now, was that a trick, or did 
we actually just experienced a one in a million odd chance of happening, right? And that's what I try to do with my magic. I don't want people, I don't do things that, that people know can't be done, right? Like, yeah, right. I, and that's a lot of times that magicians struggle with. They try to find something, they do something that people know isn't real and they do it. And yeah, it might be amazing, but then people know it's a trick, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a very interesting blurry line of imagination versus reality, and how often do you want to cross either line? Right. Yeah, because I mean, there's got to be an extent like you can't avoid. You are trying to uh, like shock and awe the audience, so like you you can't do uh, like there probably has to be some things that are like no human could make this floater. Like I feel like that has to be at least part of it. Early, just you know as part of the deception like this part was crazy but then here's like the real like the numbers and stuff so yeah exactly if people yeah. are witnessing you do something that they know physically is impossible to do they know that it's physically impossible to do it so they know it's a trick right mm. so therefore it's actually backfiring because now they know it's a trick and they're trying to figure out okay now how did you actually get that done right <laughs> so it's, it's 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 a really interesting philosophy about magicians and the, the way that they think and stuff like that where I try to make it be like, okay, the odds of that happening, that could have happened. So how did he make that happen? Right? Like, you know, so that's what I try to do. Yeah. And do you do you detail these things in your book? Uh, or at least the first one, right? The second one's probably more towards the business side of it. Um, yeah, the first one, I don't get into probably as much philosophy as we got into today, but I do talk about how to make things look natural. And, um, you know, the best magic is about, you know, if, if you, if you, just essentially how to make things look natural. Do magic is about doing extraordinary things with ordinary objects. So if you do something that doesn't seem natural, um, if you're holding the deck of cards in a weird way, the audience is instantly going to know that that has to do with something with a trick because it wouldn't be that way, right? So the way I kind of work backwards is that if I, if I develop a trick, I would then perform the trick if I actually wasn't doing the trick. If that makes sense. Like, like if I, um, it's kind of hard, to, it's kind of hard to say, but if I needed to take a card, like let's, let's if I need to take a card out, like, so for instance, if you, like let's say like memorize that card, right? Let me put it back in the middle of the deck, right? And we take it, it's actually right here. Do you see that go? Ah. <laughs> right. So the, so the way I did it is I did this and then watch this hand. It captures the card, right? But my, uh, yeah. My hand is positioned in a way where you wouldn't think there's anything in my hand because it's right. in a natural position, right? Yeah. And in my eyes went up with the deck, right? So if we take everything into consideration, this is a move, and my eyes go up here, so your eyes automatically go up there. So if I wasn't actually palming the card, it would actually look like this, right? And I have nothing, I have nothing in my hands, but that's what it would naturally look like if I yep. wasn't actually doing the trick. Yep. Yeah. Now it's like, it's like, okay, that's what it looks like if I wasn't doing the trick. Now I have to make it seem like that's what I'm actually doing. Okay. So now, yep. do this, and I have it in my yep. hand. Yep. Wow. That is crazy. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> and do you, do you ever do video demos like this, like on YouTube and stuff? Or is this is that taboo in the magic industry? Do you not want to like show them to like, well, the, now, now it's a tough line because it's like a lot of, um, you don't want to reveal a lot of your tricks, but at the same time, it depends who your target audience is. Cause there are magicians out there 
that do videos like this, but their audience are magicians like myself that want to learn about this philosophy, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that for someone who knows nothing about magic because they can't palm the card I just palmed. So it's useless information for them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just talking right, right now, we're just talking about the, the, how to make things just look natural, right? Um, but again, so some of the content I talk about is just to, it, more people would find it more interesting depending on their knowledge of magic, right? Um, so I could do a lot of philosophy videos, but then I have to figure out, okay, who actually would watch these? And then how do I cater my content and wording to that as well? Like probably after this, I think I'll actually plan on filming. Um, actually, the, the trick that we did today, we used to said stop. Um, I was going to film that one and probably maybe two more. And then people would, people would buy how I would do that. Kind of like we were talking about like a little earlier, like how the magic industry works. Like you would learn yeah. how to buy and you learn how to do it. Mm. So like that, so I'd probably teach that maybe two more tricks. Um, and my target audience now isn't these famous magicians that these, these expert magicians, right? Like a lot of my people that follow me on social media are everyday people that really don't know a lot about magic but just enjoy magic in general so i'm not going to be teaching tricks that are really complex to learn because then what will be the use of that right if people that's not my target audience my target audience are people that really know nothing about magic but they just want to learn a few tricks or two to do at parties right um right. and those are people that follow me on social media but i could also do a video for more complex routines for people who are really into magic and teach my more philosophy philosophy and more complex tricks but again i think my my following on social media are people that really don't of course i have magicians that follow me but a lot of people are just really don't know just know the simple stuff of cards and stuff like that so i'm not going to create videos you know for that for that for that audience but but i do have a lot of like thought leadership videos on if you go to like my keynote page on my website i do have like a lot of thought leader videos on my blog that talk about more of the creativity process and stuff like that. Like a lot of things that we talked about today. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it just depends yeah. what the target audience is, you know? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think we're doing pretty good on time. We can probably, uh, we can probably wrap things up. Is there anything else in particular um, we wanted to hit? I think we got, covered a lot yeah we're on three hours good. now i think yeah yeah we're yeah. we're on over three hours so yeah, it was good, good though a lot of good stuff appreciate yeah, you coming on that was fun yeah that was really fun i got like really kind of deep at some points like i didn't realize like yeah drugs and stuff you know oh yeah you would have well, imagined having a magician on you talking about drugs <laughs> i mean when up, you go yeah. when you go for three hours everything comes up yeah <laughs> um so i guess just uh, for the audience any um so the book, two books, Perfect Illusion, The Perfect Illusion, Life, John Duke Logan, or John Logan on Amazon, or no, John no, Duke not Logan Amazon, JohnDukeLogan.com. Don't, don't go to Amazon. Yeah. It takes a lot of my percentage. <laughs> Jeff yeah. Bezos doesn't need it right now. Yeah, he honestly, not, yeah. Not a great guy, Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> yeah, impossibleisjustaword.com, JohnDukeLogan.com. Um, this is where you can buy these things. Uh, oh, and the the other book was uh, the magic behind the business, right? Yeah, magic behind success. That you can it's my keynote, so it's like I, I teach a lot of creativity strategy and stuff like that. If you guys want to follow me on social media, it's just John Duke Logan, um, J O H N D U K E L O G A N, 
and John, like John Lennon, Duke University, Logan Airport. So that's where there you go. There you go. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty active on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So kind of, kind of those platforms, I, I post a lot on that. But yeah, I, I think right. I think right now, I think we were kind of talking about this beforehand that I think right now more than ever we we all kind of need each other. So mm. um, you know, I, I would definitely love to connect with as many people as possible and see how I can help you guys and you know, and especially in this time of need and where what we're in, what we're in the world right now we live in i think community is so important and how to support each other so i'm definitely definitely want to connect with as many people as possible and see how i can help in any way absolutely man yeah. everyone give them a follow can... john duke logan absolutely yeah we're fortunate to have these platforms so we can actually For communicate sure. during shout out to zoom yeah, yeah shout out zoom exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you for coming on uh, yeah have you on again too that's uh, sometime that sounds like we have yeah. a lot to talk about come back so. on anytime yeah well, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Absolutely. Thank you for coming, man. Cool. All right. Episode I, I, 57. <laughs> That's a wrap. All right. Thank you. Adios.